Hey, it's James Arnold Taylor, voice of Obi-Wan Kenobi, Fred Flintstone, Johnny Test, and a bunch of others, and you're listening to Geek Out Loud, your safe place to geek out. Hey, it's James Arnold Taylor here, voice of Obi-Wan Kenobi, Fred Flintstone, and Johnny Test, among many others. On this episode of Geek Out Loud, it's Steve, it's Derek, it's snippets, it's all kinds of emails, a lot of fun, and around three. This and much more on your safe place to geek out. This is the Geek Out Loud podcast. Welcome once again to Geek Out Loud. This is the official podcast of uh, geekoutonline.com. And though there's really nothing there, it's just what we say. It's also your safe place to geek out. And we're glad to be back with you this month. Uh, This is Geek Out Loud episode 59 for February. I'm Steve Glosson. The official podcast of mayonnaise. (laughs) Doesn't mean anything. We just say it. We just like to say it. We've basically become whose line. We just say the points don't matter. The points don't matter. And the the, the, the tagline doesn't matter. It's like. It's like. It's like geekoutonline.com. It's just not there. We went full circle there. That's right. (laughs) With me as always and excited to be here. I know that because he told me before we started the show. I lie to you a it's lot. Derek Russell. I would, AKA don't, sh- use, don't use that as my soundbite. <laughs> AKA Sean Phillips. <laughs> Sean Phillips reporting live for Mayonnaise. <laughs> my God, the horror. Sean Phillips, everybody. It's like it's a big jar of fat out here, Steve. I can't get over it. <laughs> Sean Snippet Phillips reporting live from a mayonnaise jar. Sean Snippet Phillips. That's it's a good. mouthful. You like that? That is a mouthful. So is mayonnaise. Indeed, indeed. I'm not a big fan of the mayonnaise. Are you allergic? No, I just, what? <laughs> <laughs> I never heard this before the other day, but a buddy of mine, I've known him for years, we're at lunch, and he orders, and I said, you always order that mayonnaise, you just not like mayonnaise? He's like, I'm allergic to it. Never heard of that before. How are you, how is one allergic to mayonnaise? I don't know, because of, he's not allergic to the ingredients with like egg, you know, all right, that. Sure, so what, sure, sure. What are you allergic? I don't understand. I think he was being facetious. I think that's a big word for you, Steve. I think I think he <laughs> I think it makes him gag, and he just does not like it. Snippet, or either he got that's a, a big word for Steve Gloss, <laughs> or either he got a hold. It's not a big word for me, or either he got a hold of some bad mayonnaise one time, and it made him sick, and so he just you can actually hold bad mayonnaise, <laughs> right? <laughs> it, it feels really nasty. <laughs> 
it's like a it's like a jello mold of sorts. What are you, what are you doing? Get away from me. No, I'm bad mayonnaise over here now. I'm bad mayonnaise. Well, you know, it's bad company. The mayonnaise has gone bad, Steve. It's it's turning over people's mailboxes and it's just It's just a bad kid. It's just a it's just it's it's, it's nature versus nurture on him. We couldn't raise him right. He, they call it. They do call him Hellmans. Mm. Mm, that was raising Hellmans. Let's go. Let's keep going. That sounds let's like a robot action. chicken sketch if I've ever heard one. So how's uh, it feel to be on a real network for more than thirty seconds? Um, am I what? there? What? What? We say all that to say, hey, everybody. How we Google? Doing? Google's updating their their privacy. <laughs> yeah. Hey, have you heard about this? Have you seen this? I don't know if anyone's aware, but Google has updated their privacy policy. Thank you, Regis. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I can't believe it. Um. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating. I can't open it single tab. <laughs> hey, we're changing our policy. I've clicked dismiss 19 times. My computer boots up, and it's like, hey, Google's changing their privacy policy. <laughs> You're not a Google computer. Stop it. <laughs> I got I in my car a, the other I day. Used, I used a rotary phone yesterday. Google's changing their privacy. <laughs> That's what it said when it was like. Yeah, I got in my car and crunk it up, and on the little screen where the radio displays at, it said Google updates their privacy policy. I'm like, what in the world? Stop it! It's everywhere. Made the joke to you. I logged on to AOL.com. Google's updates. Well, you're a competitor. What? Alta Vista has come back around just to let us know. Just a list. You're the guy who made Alta Vista. Can't believe you referenced Alta Vista. So I'm. I apologize, everyone. I am on the downhill slope from from just having my tail kicked by a cold last week, and so my well, are voice. You back, are you are you going back up the hill? Is that what it is? It's like that fell off the wagon, on the wagon. I mean, I am. Yeah, I'm better. I'm getting better, but you can hear from, in my voice that it's not there, and you will. Um, and and I won't edit out all the coughing and hacking that I do. I'll try to do it away from the mic, though. So there's that. Let me know when you're about to cough, and I'll just yell, jumping off point. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how to do that. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> Here it comes, Jared. <laughs> Breathe in deep. <laughs> ah, jumping off point. Too late. Too late. Just that one. Um, just give me a big inhale. Okay. All right. Um, I... I I got nothing. Um, Who put a question mark on the teleprompter? You know he reads everything you see. Welcome to Geek Out Loud. We got an email from a guy. Um, we're not in emails right now, but we got an email from a guy <laughs> who suggested that we do a whole show on Hot Rod or just do two hours of Hot Rod quotes. Well, Which you know, two hours of quotes would be longer than the actual movie? It would. We would start over again. We'd right. Back around. Or the really funny ones we would just quote twice. The, yes. Yes. Which, I don't know. You know, when, when we did the Muppets, uh, the 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 live Muppet show. Yeah. Um, that's cool to say. The live Muppet show. Uh, and Graham was with us. We all agreed that we needed to do something like if we did like a riff tracks type, an MST3K type thing. Yeah. There's nothing really to add to that. It would just no, be two hours yeah, of us like laughing. Yeah, I feel like it's just... We are laughing. It, you can't really do riff tracks of things that are genuinely funny, I don't think. No, I mean, what what's there to add to that? I've got I'm an idea. I've got an idea. That's, that, you say that, and it, we'll have to talk off air. I've got an idea. Cover your microphone. Maybe Okay. Um, basically, uh, what if we did it and we like acted like this was the most important movie ever made? 
It is. And we never laughed at all throughout the entire thing. But it is the most important movie ever made. Right. That's exactly how we would be. I'm not being like anything. It's very okay. important. All right. Okay. Well, there that is. Um, before we before we jump into everything... I can't back that up. <laughs> I didn't really know where to put this, so I said, we'll just put it at the beginning. I want to do a new segment that'll be... Snippet. A, it's a temporary... No, it's not snippets yet. Snippet. It's a temporary segment. It'll be short, like a snippet, and so I figured we'd put it right before the snippets and um and, and talk about it because a few weeks ago or a few weeks ago now a few months ago um when the whole new the skyfall isn't that the name of the movie that's coming out james Bond uh, movie 23 yes yeah um when they announced that it kind of got me on this kick of i want to watch the bond movies that i've never seen which is most of them and i said let's do a new segment as i watch these things i i I have to stop you for a second. You remember the phone call we had yesterday where I was explaining something very in detail to you and I got towards the end of it and I said I had a really important point to make and I yes. forgot it? Yes. Just remembered what it was. Okay. But I'm going to forget it again, so I kind of wanted to say it on air and maybe hear the inflection of my voice and be like, that's what I was talking about. Okay. All right. So, um, that's for you and me. Okay. Probably edit that out. Um, no, it won't happen. Uh, sure. So This is a new segment. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. What? <laughs> Jumping off point. This is a new segment that uh, I like to call bonding. Goldfinger. Um, so since we last uh, recorded, I've had the opportunity to watch three different Bond movies. And as per your suggestion, I'm watching them in order, Derek. So well, what else were you gonna do? I, I don't know. I, whatever you told me to do. We'll go in order then. Right. That's why I said as per your suggestion. Keep it up. Right. Um, I. I mean, I've committed now. I'm three deep. Um, Mayonnaise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I watched Doctor No, which was the first ever, you know, I guess you'd say in universe, right? James Bond movie in continuity. No. Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was surprised. I watched it, and I was really surprised to find out as I started to kind of nose around online and stuff. And, and then I got curious: Are these things on Blu-ray? What What do they look like on Blu-ray? And so when you go and try to find out if these, because it was on Netflix Instant Watch at the time, when you go to try to find things on, on Blu-ray and, and you're trying to get product reviews, can I just say something to everybody that reviews stuff on Amazon.com? Start reviewing the product itself. You know, if, if someone's checking out like a, a movie that's on Blu-ray, they don't care about a movie review. They want to know about... Go what to are, IMDb for that. How does yeah? How does this movie look now that it's been transferred to Blu-ray? That's what people want to know. They don't want to know about your thoughts on a film. But um, but I was surprised to find as as I was looking at some stuff on Doctor No, a lot of people were kind of negative about it. They were like, and I'm like, how? Why did they not like this? Because I really enjoyed Doctor No. And and what you find out is people didn't like the uh, the lack of cue. 
Mm-hmm. That was the big thing. Um, just dumb. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I enjoyed Doctor No. It's the first. It's the first Bond. It's where you, you know, it's where Sean Connery kind of set the stage for how this character would be. And um, is, is Doctor No an actual Ian Fleming novel? It is. How does the movie differ from the novel? It has been years since I've read the book. It's pretty true to it. Yeah. That dude's got a weird black hand that crushes things. You like that? Yeah, he's like, I'm Dr. No, I crush whoever's in my way, Mr. Bond. (laughs) Isn't Dr. No, now Dr. No's also the one where there's like the dragon on the island and they're all scared of it. Mm-hmm, and it mm-hmm. ends up being like the big tank, and then they have to go into like they—it's all radioactive, and they have to go get scrubbed down, like Indiana Jones in uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull does at that one point. There's a few differences just because um, Fleming did a good job of continuation in his novels. Doctor Knows like the fifth or sixth book, ah. but it was the first movie. Mm-hmm. I like Doctor No because it's the first um, car phone ever. There is a car phone that there, I noticed that. Is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, but I mean, I liked it for what it was. I've learned in the past five or six years of my life to really appreciate these older films from that era, you know, black and white films right on up into the fifties and sixties and, you know, and, and just kind of, I don't want to say overlook some of the, the cheesier or, or bad effects, but appreciate, you know, that this is what they had at the time and this is how they did things and, and how they made it work. And I, I, I enjoyed it. I, I, I really liked uh, Dr. No, but more than I like Dr. No, um, 10 times more than I like Dr. No, I just was enthralled with from Russia with love. Um, Russia with love is definitely the empire strikes back to a new hope. I mean, so far it's, it's the favorite one I've watched of all, of all the bond movies I've ever seen. Um, you know, cause I've not, I've not been, I've seen Bond movies, you know, I've saw all the Pierce Brosnan ones in the theater, um, you know, and I'd seen other Bond movies years ago, like when they were on TV or whatnot, you know, and just, they all just kind of slipped. No, wait, I thought you said you couldn't remember any of the Brosnan. Well, I mean, I can't, but I just know I went to see them. Okay. I mean, just because I can't remember them, I mean, I I didn't go see them. All Um, all four of them? Yeah, Golden, (laughs) what was it, GoldenEye? No. No, you just watched Goldeneye. Yes. No, I watched Goldfinger. Goldfinger! I'm sorry, yeah, I just messed that up. Um, yeah, Goldeneye. the Pierce Brosnan were Goldeneye was the first one, right? Uh-huh. And then um, the last one was the one with the Ice Castle, right? Uh-huh. And then there were two in between that. There you go. Right, so... Steve Gawson, small so little method booyah. to everything. <laughs> there was that one... <clears throat> And Lex was in it? The last one was World is Not Enough. The first one of Pierce nope. Brosnan was Goldeneye. The first one was Goldeneye. The third one was World is Not Enough. And what was the second one? Tomorrow Never Dies. Yes, I've seen those three and the and the last one, which was The World is Not Enough. No, that was the third one. Well, what was the fourth one? <laughs> You've just reversed psychology your way into <laughs> to me telling you all the titles. Also, I saw the fourth one. And oh, what, you saw the third one. Oh, what was the fourth what one What was again? the fourth one called? Die Another Day. Die Another Day. Yeah, that was the fourth one. You're right. You're right, it yes, was. Yes, you're right. Okay, I remember. But see, I know them all. I'll and send I've, you a Google Doc. That's right. I've seen them. <laughs> I'll update your privacy policy. <laughs> um, And of course, I've seen the two Daniel Craig ones, uh, Casino Royale and uh, Casino Royale with Cheese. <laughs> Um, no, casino. that's what they call it. There. <laughs> that's what they call it over there. No, Casino Royale and Quantum of Salachi. I've seen both of those, 
And uh, and those I were that was, I believe that was one of the Harry Potter sequels. <laughs> no, yes, I, and I the love Quantum it. of Solace. I love it when uh, when when Daniel Craig calls on his Patronus. Um, but no, I, if watching I knew from, what that meant, I'd laugh. Oh yeah, you've never watched the Harry Potter stuff. Oh, uh, so, because they were horrid. Oh, sorry. Uh, we'll, hey, sorry. hush that nastiness. Um, you don't like him either. I love Harry Potter. <gasps> I call shenanigans. There's no shenanigans. I call mayonnaise on you. No, sir. Mayonnaise. I'm allergic. Mayonnaise. Mm-mm. Since when? Since we started recording this? Uh, since I found out you could say that. <laughs> I'm allergic <laughs> to this podcast. Since I found out that just because you don't like something, you're allergic to it. Yes, I'm allergic to mayonnaise. Um, I'm allergic to Harry Potter. We're going to get emails from people like, Steve, I'm allergic to mayonnaise. You can't be allergic to mayonnaise. And they'll tell us why. They'll give a scientific explanation and That's everything. That's good. I'd like, let's, I'm Googling it. Um, I've got to update my privacy policy first. Anyhow, but no, I think it's been made very clear on this podcast that I love Harry Potter. Um, you be allergic to mayonnaise. It's one of the number one hits on Google. From Russia with Love, though. Anyhow, I really enjoyed it. I I like the fact because it's set up by Doctor No in the movie of the same name that there is this organization help. called Spectre. Mayonnaise contains egg, mu- mag, and mustard, which some people are allergic to. Well, thank you. All right, Thanks. awesome. Um, <clears throat> can we talk from Russia with Love real quick? I know you're dying to get a Goldfinger, so go ahead. Uh, Spectre stands for special people expecting crazy treatment really evilly, right? You got it. Yes. And, uh, no, I, uh, of these three that I've seen from Rushwood Love's my favorite, sincerely. I, it carries on kind of a little bit the story from Dr. No. It gets into, a lot of people would call it campy, but I don't think it's really campy. Do you? No. I mean, it's it's this it's this high like it's sci-fi and stuff. I guess I don't know, but it's it's like science fiction more than it's camp. And I think what people think is because now it looks kind of cheesy and the concepts are pretty funny, you know, and because it's been lampooned by Michael Myers and the Austin Powers movies, that that these things come off as being a little campy. But I don't think they're meant to be campy. And I really just found myself loving this world. And so I was a little bit disappointed in Goldfinger. Goldfinger! (laughs) Not just with that annoying opening theme, but also... I'm sorry. You... Oh, I'm sorry. When when the woman sings it, Goldfinger! I just started laughing. I'm like, are you serious? Um, But... The thing you about Goldfinger, the thing, that, the thing that I was a little bit dis- disappointed in, it's not that it's not a good movie. It's great, man. I mean, it's got Odd Job. It's the whole Fort Knox um, caper mm-hmm. movie and everything. Mm-hmm. And, and, oh, my gosh, the way they handle it at the end, you know, with the poison gas situation and all, was just genius. I loved it. Well, and it's one of the best, uh, I think it's one of the best quips between a villain and Bond ever. You know, Do, do you, you expect, expect me to talk? talk? No, Mr. No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. Um, I'm going to stand around and tell you my evil plan as right. you are trapped to this board. It's it's where monologuing all began. Um, all Bond. But the only thing, I mean, the thing I was kind of disappointed was is there was no connection to Spectre there. I kept expecting that connection to come about, and it never did. You'll come back to Spectre. So, I know, and I'm looking forward to that. So You've um, read ahead, haven't you? I haven't read ahead. I just assumed ahead. Oh, you so, know what happens when you assume. Right. You get to Spectre you're, eventually. Special you're, people you're usually expecting wrong, but sometimes crazy you land on Spectre. treatments really evilly. I don't know. 
So yeah, so I'm I'm digging the Bond movie, sir. Like I'm finding myself becoming a bit of a fan, and I love what Sean Connery does with Bond, because on one hand he's a complete uh, chauvinist, you know, but on the wow. other but on the other hand it's like he's got this deep sense of duty, and and he's also there's like you're he's likable, you Let know. Me tell you, you call him a bit of a chauvinist, but. You will appreciate Connery so much more when you get to Roger Moore. Mm-hmm. All Roger Moore was was an old pervert. Yeah, gun. yeah. I'm sorry, well, I just do not did not care for Roger Moore's portrayal of George, yeah. James Bond. I feel and like, it sucks because some of the, some of those books mm-hmm. are the best Fleming books. Yeah, but they made for terrible. Moonraker is one of the best Fleming books, mm-hmm. but it it's quite possibly the worst Bond film ever. Really, because that's the one I'm really looking forward to. Because doesn't it have Jaws in it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. See. I can't wait for you to get to a view to a kill. Yeah, I've seen which one no no, I've seen what's A View to the Kill. A View to That a, That is um Christopher Walken. This is the bad guy. Oh. Uh, I wish I could do a good Christopher Walken. You know. You know. I yeah. do a decent. No, no. No, you don't. You were you really went into a big southern accent just then. I do a Did decent I, I do Christopher a, Walken. <laughs> Sound like Foghorn Leghorn. I say, boy. I say. Um, A View to a Kill. I don't know. No, License to Kill is Timothy Dalton. I watched that one on Sci-Fi not long after we had the conversation. They were having like a Bond marathon on on Sci-Fi. And so I watched a few on Sci-Fi and was like, I've got to watch these from the beginning now. And so I'm, you know, I've seen, I remember a long time ago, seeing a lot of the Roger, some of the Roger Moore stuff. and, And while that, while that particular marathon was on, they showed Octopussy, which is uncomfortable to say on a family-friendly podcast. Um, but it was very, very... Octokitty. It was very... I mean, there was no way around it as I was watching. I'm like, this is total camp. This is someone... This is yeah, Joel Schumacher making the Bond movies into Batman and Robin, basically. Well, and Octopussy and um, The Living Daylights are actually two short stories in one book. Mm-hmm. And I mean, when you expand on something like that, it just doesn't. Of course, Quantum of Solace was a short story. Yeah, um, Quantum of Solace was pretty good. Well, it, but they only used the title from the story. That the story in um, Quantum of Solace, the the film, is nothing to do with the short story. Actually, Quantum of Solace, I believe. God, it's been years. Bond returns to Casino Royale and is playing poker with somebody who tells him this story mm. like almost this parable mm-hmm. and that's what the whole it's just 007 sitting at a card table listening to the story okay sounds interesting Gold finger. so um yeah so that's bonding that's what that's I'm, where that's i'm where anxious for, for you to get to two milestones before you get to more and that is uh, Diamonds Are Forever, mm-hmm. and one of my favorite Bonds, who only made it one time out, George Lazenby, and mm-hmm. On Her Majesty's Secret Service, which is yes. an amazing Bond film. I'm looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to Thunderball, just because it sounds fun. Well, you'll which is the next one right there. Oh, good. Well, see, that's what I'm looking forward to. Let's and get that's back into next for you? Yeah, that's next. Yeah. yeah. James yeah. Bond will return next in Ian Fleming's Thunderball. Don't you love when they do that at the yes. end? Yeah, I do. I watch it just for that. Um, so I got a few snippets for you, Derek. You, Snip it. You got to snip it. Snip it good. Um, oh, kick out. 
<laughs> I ate two cereals in one bowl at the same time. How epic. Like, you texted me this, and I was like, I'm so happy for him right now. <laughs> it was, it was, I've never done anything like it, because I've always been happy with one cereal. Fruity but Pebbles but and to, Lucky Charms. Tonight I was feeling dangerous, and I'm like, I'm going to put some Fruity Pebbles in my Lucky Charms. The same time. Yep, at the same time. It was, uh, it was quite the experience. We'll never Snip do it. I'll probably never do it again. Um, <laughs> I ate cornflakes and grape nut flakes at the same time when I was your age. <laughs> I ate grape I nuts. I liked it. You know, grape nuts is a weird cereal to me. I love grape nut flakes. That's my favorite cereal. I, I, they, okay, I never know about grape nut flakes. I just know grape nuts are not flakes. I don't like grape nuts. It's like, it's like sand in a bowl. Yeah, grape nut flakes are where it's at. That and uh, Fruit Loops. Fruity Pebbles. Mm-hmm. Are the bomb diggity to me? No. Hmm. Interesting. Captain, and Captain Crunch cut through for your mouth. Mm, I don't. I've never had that problem with Captain Crunch. Count Chocula? Uh, no, Captain Crunch. I'm asking, do you like Count Chocula? Uh, it's all right. It's okay. Don't I put guess. a question mark on the telephone. It's, <laughs> it's okay. Yes, I guess. And I'm Count Chocula. Uh, when it comes to chocolatey cereals, I love Cocoa Pebbles. So you pretty much sticking with the Flintstones? I am yes, yeah. I'm a I'm a Pebbles kind of guy. You're all the a way Flintstones around. kid. Mm, Ten million strong and growing. Strong. Yeah. Um, I got another snippet here. Uh, snippet. Just to talk about real quick. Phantom. At the time of this recording, the Phantom Menace in 3D uh, will oh, be released look at that. It's all this Friday. Highlighted. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, right. Phantom oh. Menace in 3D will be released this Friday at the time of recording. I'm looking forward to seeing it in 3D. I'm not, you know, I'm not a big fan. You and I both, I think, are are not huge fans of the 3D. Over it. Um, Over even though it. someone has a 3D TV in their home, that was a good price. And um, but but I'm, you know, I mean, listen, I'll tell you one thing. I'm I'm not on board with this whole 3D thing. But the one thing I've watched on that TV mm-hmm. in 3D was better than anything I've seen in 3D in theaters. Well, awesome, good deal. It actually looked. Pretty cool. Now I, I'm not going to just sit around and watch that, but the glasses I got two pairs of glasses free and a really nice TV that happened to have 3D for a really decent price, so I wasn't complaining. That's good. But I am anxious to try this whole concept of PS3 gameplay in 3D, whereas like I could play Arkham City in 3D. Hmm. This I want to try. Hmm. I didn't know they were doing that mess. They've I, done that. I am I'm excited about Star Wars in 3. I'm excited about Star Wars anyway. It, to me, it's like, this is one more way to experience it. Have they and, changed anything? No, it's going to be basically what you've gotten on the Blu-rays. For all so, Vader's going to scream no in five years? Most likely, yeah. Okay. And um, we're doing one a year? Is this right? One a year, one a year. Six years of this. Yep, yep, yep. And I'm 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 excited about it because to me, it's just one more way to experience Star Wars. And watching the Blu-rays, like I, I popped your list is about the 3D. It's back on the big screen. Yes, yeah. That's and they're the and they're actually doing a 2D release too for places that don't have Are 3D they? capabilities. Mm-hmm. Did not yeah. know that. And it'll be it'll be a little so more limited to go than to the 3D, 3D just to experience. Or? Oh heck yeah yeah okay. yeah. Um, they're only showing on the one screen at, at my theater, which is the real D. You know. Mm-hmm. screen and so i'm looking forward to it, it uh, watching the blu-ray you can really see because of the clarity of the blu-ray how much depth there's actually going to be to the screens and, and lucas has talked at, at length about how he's not so much about the gimmick of it come popping out at you in the popping in your face in the 3d, oh, no, 3D. um but it's, he's more about like 
the immersing yourself in it, you know, and it going, you know, in, in the depth of what you're seeing. And, and so I'm kind of looking forward to it, to that aspect. You know, and I've got to admit, we don't have, we haven't had a whole lot of space movies in 3d. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the, 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 <laughs> the battle scene outside of Naboo mm-hmm. at the end is going to look pretty cool. I think the, the pod, pod race, scene will the pod race is going to look great. in 3D, I want to see lightsabers in 3d. Well, and I, and you will. You, you will. Know. Yeah. You're not going? Yeah. yeah. I imagine you'll get there before I will, but we will. Yeah, we will. Um, so I'm, you know, but the thing I'm really sick and tired of is all the hate. You know, it, Derek, here's the thing. Snip it. You enjoy writing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and if you could get, and if you could come up with a concept and an idea and put it either in a script form or even a book form or a comic book form. I love how you said if you could. You Don't know, mock me, Steve Clark. I'm not mocking you. I'm saying, but but if you know, if you could actually apply yourself, if, if, if this, if this, if if these things, <laughs> if you let me finish the sentence, would you like a shovel? Because you dig all the way to China. If you just shut up and let me finish the sentence, if you could do that and and get paid for it, I mean, would that oh, not even be better? <laughs> would that not be ideal for you? Oh yeah, it'd be great. Yeah. Thanks for throwing up my whole work right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, so what I'm saying is, is I'm gonna go eat some mayonnaise. So you would take your art that you've done, and you would you would willingly monetize it. Yeah. Sell out. So it's all about the money. Why? I'm. That's what people are saying about George Lucas. You know, this is a guy who has funded all. Oh, I see you, I, I you know, this guy has funded all of his own movies since uh, since after THX 1138, basically. Uh, when it comes to Star Wars, when it comes, if it's got the Lucasfilm name on it, you know, if it if it's if it's it, it it's been funded basically by Lucasfilm, um, and he's the ultimate independent filmmaker. And everyone's like, this is just more money grubbing by George Lucas. Well, yeah. Yeah, and it's also George trying to, you know, let's let's push the boundaries of what we got. Let's take this thing that we know people will want to go see and let's try to make the technology better. Let's try to make the movie going experience better and let's try to make what I've made better. And and people are like it's just about the money. It's just about the money. Well, whoopty crap. You know, no one you don't go to people people go to their job every day and make money and if they can get a raise, you know what they'll do? They'll take the raise. You know, well, you're all in it for the money. So? Of course you oh, are. I, I would argue Star Wars in 3D is better than 40% of films that came out last year. Well, and then comes the whole thing of other things. Why didn't he start with Episode 4? Why didn't he start with Episode 4? Because it's not the first part of the story. You build up to that. You know, it may be the first part of the story to you because that's how you grew up. That's, it's the first part of the story to me because well, that's I mean, how I grew up. The people are saying that are the ones that don't want to don't care about the prequels right and and i think and the thing is then is it's like now we got to put up with all this junk again you know and all i know is is that when i first saw phantom menace back in 1999 when i came out of the theater i was stoked i absolutely loved it i had no problems with it i i knew it felt different than what i'd always known as a kid (coughs) but i loved it and to this day, I love it. And I'm aware of the weaknesses of the prequels, but I don't think they're terrible movies. And I and I hate the phrase 
George Lucas raped my childhood. I think that's a horrible statement. And I think it, I think it, it completely, well, I think anything joking about that word. Yeah. Too- yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, no, he didn't. You still have those memories, and you still have that great time that you enjoyed. You know, <laughs> just, just to go be. watch the other three films and shut up. Yeah, and so I'm just I'm tired of the hate. I really, really am. You know, it's like people have, and it's like everyone has a right to their opinion until I talk about how much I enjoy it, and then I get thrashed. You know, I'm like, no, sir. Have we gotten thrashed? I have before in the past. Well, but like on this show? No, on, oh, well, the, on the, the Twitter. official podcast of Mayonnaise? No, on the Twitter. Oh, well. On the yeah. Twitter. And, uh, and, and so, but anyhow, I'm looking forward to Phantom Menace in 3D. So all that to say, that's my snippet. Snippet. So, um, and then finally, um, finally, um, yes. While I was sick last week, I watched all the Marvel movies that have been released on Blu-ray. Today. I enjoyed following your sick days. <coughs> and a text message. You're like, and now I'm watching. I was like, I want to go home. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be at work. But it, it reminded me of an email we got a, a while back, or a conversation we had a while back about what order to watch them in. Yes. And so, What did I, you go with? I went with Iron Man 1, Iron Man 2, The Incredible Hulk, Thor, <laughs> and Captain America. And I forget what we said was the best way to go. I forget what, yeah, I forget too. The reason I did that is because Iron Man 2 obviously happens right around the same time as the Incredible Hulk happens. Um, when he's having his conversation at the end of the movie with uh, Nick Fury on the screens are the news reports that you see in the Incredible Hulk. Uh, and um, from the from the Culver University incident. And so that's why I went that route. I've watched Captain America last because it's almost like whoa, a... Whoa, 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 whoa. Back. Beep. Beep. Mm-hmm. Beep. In Iron Man 2, mm-hmm. there are news reports of an incident in Culver University? Mm-hmm. I have missed that. When he's talking to Fury <clears throat> and he's going through the files... At the end? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's some screens around him, and one of the screens is the exact same news report that General Ross is watching... Of the lady talking about what had happened at Culver University when the Hulk, I guess I did and the not army had to fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still think Incredible Hulk should come between Iron Man One and Iron Man Two. Well, actually, the reason I I did it that way is because there's a feature on Thor. There's a special feature on Thor called the Consultant with uh, with Agent Coulson. Yeah, the guy who plays him and another Shield agent, and they're just sitting in a diner talking. And they talk about, um, yeah, he's on his way out to uh, <clears throat> to New Mexico, or he's in New Mexico after finding the hammer, or whatever. And he's talking about how um, they sent the consultant to talk to Thunderbolt Ross about putting together a team, uh, and they show the clips from the end of the Incredible Hulk, you know, interspliced with their conversation. It's so, a it's a cool little feature. It's really so neat. Stark is the consultant. Mm-hmm, yeah. And that's kind of what's decided. I assume that's kind of what's decided there when um, he basically says, Iron Man, yes, Tony Stark, no. You know, at the end of Iron Man 2. Gotcha. So, <clears throat> but the reason I watched Captain America last really had everything in the world to do with the coda at, at the end of the credits. Um, and the fact that Captain America is kind of like that Avengers. last, yeah. Is well, that I mean, last you can take it as, as a flashback. Right. Well, I mean, it is a flashback. Well, well, 
What was in there? Well, what was in there? A frozen man with a shield. But, (laughs) but, if you do the alternate opening to Incredible Hulk. That's true, but that's not, yeah, but that's not one of those things you can seamlessly put back on. Don't tell me that's not canon. It's not canon. Dang it, Steve. I said don't tell me Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, I guess it could be. I guess it could end up being canon. Except that they find him, I guess, in the plane and not necessarily in the ice. The other thing is Captain America has to come before, well, of course it does, but in viewing, it has to come before Iron Man 2. Why do you think that? The shield. What, what he has is not his shield. The shield was in the ice with Captain America, the actual shield. they recovered it. Right. What, he, what, what Tony has is a prototype of the shield because his, his father created the shield. I submit that he has the actual shield. And no, that shield's all in they've pieces. They've already thought out. No, I think you're wrong. That point. I'm sorry, you're wrong. Prove it. I just did. Call Whedon up. We're so much fans of his. <laughs> oh, man. Don't even get me started on that. What, I didn't know he was writing it. I'm not. Ha- I'm... I know you're not. What kind of snippets you got? Let's talk about the Avengers trailer. Okay. Snip it. Snip it. I hate Joss Whedon. Snip it. Um, <laughs> well, Our new goal is just be coming up with funny ways to say it every time we do it. Snip it. Snip it. Snip it. Um, the the yeah. Avengers uh, Super Bowl trailer is what you're talking about. And, and particularly the extended cut that was available online the next day. The, the the first thing was the teaser, so this is really the theatrical trailer, correct? Mm-mm. Even though it is the Super Bowl. Or was the first thing a theatrical trailer? Yeah, well, yeah. So did we get a teaser? The thing at the end of uh, Captain uh, America. Okay, I mean, whatever, serious whatever, business. Whatever. Okay. So this is trailer B. Yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. I mean, it's only a minute long, so I don't know it can be... But it's good. It's, it's more of the footage we've got, and we actually got that reveal of the scene we heard about at D23. Yes, yes, yes. The, I have an army, we have a Hulk. Oh, yes, 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 yes. And Stark's, Stark's wearing a Black Sabbath shirt. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, what a jerk. Um, <laughs> well, I'm Iron Man. Well, I, I love the... I'm not gonna say I loved it because Whedon wrote it. Um, let's see now everything I just pick apart the dialogue because it's and it's it's like do I not like it because I know he wrote it? Yes, but I still I still felt weird about it even beforehand. What's it, that? It didn't sound what 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 what, what did you have well to... specifically I'm talking about the scene between Loki and and Tony. You call him Tony now, huh? Well, we're friends. Okay. With what do you a, want with, with a made up character. Should I not call Loki Loki? No, Tony. What did you want me to call him? I don't know. I just feel weird calling him Tony. He's not in the suit. I'm not going to call him Iron Man. Well, I mean, you can call him Tony Stark or Stark. (laughs) I don't. I just feel weird calling him by his first name. We're not pals. How long did we talk about Smallville? Several years. How long did we talk about Smallville? I mean, you know, three or four years. Okay. And and all those times we talked about him, how many times did we just refer to Tom Willen as Clark? Yeah, but the thing is, is. We'd spent more than like two or four hours with him. We spent like days. I'm not to the point where I can call him Tony yet. Are you not? I never said Tony. Either. I'm just saying I'm not there. Stop saying that because I didn't say Tony. I, I didn't. I'm. 
How, what are you saying? I'm. What are you talking Tony. about? Oh, that's what I said, Tony. <laughs> Dang it! Who spelled it like that on the teleprompter? Oh. You know he reads <laughs> Tony. I don't understand the problem with Tony. Um. Well, then I don't understand what the problem with saying Tony is. If you don't understand what the problem with Tony is, I don't. Okay, so you don't like the you don't like the scene between Loki and Tony. No, I didn't say I don't like the scene between. You have Loki issues with Tony. the you have issues with the dialogue. I, the you're putting the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. <laughs> Sorry. Um, you have problems with the dialogue, you? <laughs> dialogue. Dialogue. <laughs> Snippet. Uh, Snippet. Snippet. <laughs> Snippet. <laughs> Exclusive. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, Snippet. Snippet. Google has changed their problem. Shut up. Google. Shut up. Get out of here. What's your problem with the dialogue? I, I kind of thought it was a little too witty. Negative. It's Tony Stark, man. But okay, okay. But here's the thing. I I liked the we have a Hulk part. The mm-hmm. whole Earth's Mightiest Heroes type thing just <laughs> seemed as forced. Much as, as much as Tony had. Yes, it seemed right. forced. It seemed forced. I agree with that. Seem, I, okay, it did I agree. not seem out of character for Tony Stark. I agree. It seemed forced by Tony Stark. I agree. I think. I think if he just said the Avengers, that's what we call ourselves, period, and left it that. But then when he had, said, it's had the whole... that tagline, and it's so Joss Whedon to do something like that, mm-hmm. and you know how I feel. Yeah, you've already said. And it. I don't want backlash. I don't. Want, but I. I don't like. How is it okay to say this? this go ahead. Sure. Show. Sure. This yeah. is your show. Yeah. Are go you ahead. Yeah. Now? Yeah. Go ahead. I'm not a big. Fa- Are you believing me right now? <laughs> no. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. You so are. Mm-mm. I put the wrong emphasis on mm. everything. Um, I'm I'm not the biggest fan of how Joss Whedon writes for men. Mm-hmm. Go on. I'm just not. Yes. Um, I'm not a big fan of the way Joss Whedon writes. That's the end of that well, sentence. There you have it. Yeah, that was um, the end of that sentence. Put a period on that. <laughs> right. right. Um, I... I <clears throat> You know, I'm not, I'm not a huge... I, I have nothing against the guy whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I, I've never, you know... It's great I think he gets to do his craft. You know, I would kill to be able to have my hands in as many projects and as many things. Cause, I mean, he's one of those guys that if he wants to do something, he just picks up the phone and calls his buddies. He's like, let's go do it. Yeah. And that's so cool to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, you know, at one point in time, I'd be like, Steve, I got this really great idea. Let's go do it. Okay. You know, and we... Right. Trot off down the road, never to be heard from again. Sure, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but he just—I've um, never been a big fan of, of the shows. Um, I didn't care about Buffy. I watched Angel. I kind of liked Angel. Um, hated Dollhouse, um, but that was the writing and the acting on that one. I like Firefly, but I think it was—I think my problem with Firefly was it was way uh, the fans. I think it was overhyped. <clears throat> yeah, you know what? If if fans had their way, it would be in its ninth season right now. Is that right? Yeah, just I mean, about. pretty much. Yeah, um, and yeah. and the the one of the one of the on Geek Out Online the blog, one of the posts that I got the most discussion about and the most response to was a post I wrote after I watched Firefly, and then you know, of course, followed up with the movie Serenity. Mm-hmm. And talked about how I enjoyed the show, enjoyed the show, enjoyed the movie, and then bam, 
I felt like Whedon did something for no reason at all other than shock effect and shock value. And that was the killing, killing off of... Killing um, Book, killing Walsh, yeah. killing... Uh, well, that was the killing off of, of Walsh, of uh, Tudyk's character. I guess that was Walsh. Walsh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and it was just... And everyone's like, well, it's just to show you that there's real danger. There's real danger. I'm like, I knew there was real danger. You know, I didn't need that death to convince me that the danger was real. You know, I the minute they ran into those savages or whatever they're called in space, you know, the space savages, I knew that that, that was, that, you know, they were their bacon was fried. I, you know, I recognize that's what, that they were in danger. I didn't need him to die for no reason. You know, the death that served no purpose. Um Whereas I felt like Book's death served a little bit more of a purpose in that movie. And and the thing is, is, is I go back to some of my memories of some other stuff I've seen by Whedon, and it's like he likes to do that. He loves to do that. Isn't it, Whedon, that, and I can't speak to this specifically, but I've, I've heard people talk about it before, is it not Whedon that put somebody in the opening credits of the first or second episode of Buffy, like there's a cast member in the opening credits and then gets killed halfway through the episode? Just to screw with people? I don't know. I don't remember that. I I'm, think I'm that's not big true. Of a Buffy fan. I do know that. I do know that there was one character that you know everyone kind of latched onto, and 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 uh, and just uh, just a stray bullet of all things just randomly hits her. Oh, and, Buffy. Yeah, and she dies, and it's like, and she was a regular cast member at the point, and I'm like, that's just, you know. That's not he like loves doing that. That crap. wasn't like Derek Reese getting popped, you know, in the season in the, in the second season finale. That was like, that oh was my real. Atlanta, um, you know. It, it it's like, I don't know. And and so you know, so the big joke has been, which Avenger is he going to kill? You know. Well, and there was that comic strip we've talked about where he was pitching his story, which at the time I thought it was just a joke. Mm-hmm. I did not realize until after the Avengers trailer during the Super Bowl, and you and I were talking that he was writing the film. Which well, just... he wrote. I think it's. I think it's key that he wrote the screenplay. But that means he wrote the dialogue, right? E- even if somebody else came up with the story. Well, and and that's the thing. And I guess that's where I take a little bit of solace in the fact that that the story is something that is apparently I feel like has been set in place throughout the the. The incarnation the of these of movies, these films. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and so and so, I think that I think that the story is rather safe. You know, I think that the, I think that the higher but, ups at Marvel Studios, I, you, you can screw up any good plot with bad dialogue. I agree. You I know. don't care how <clears throat> how awesome your overall arc of a film is if you have just horrible, horrible troll two type dialogue in it. <laughs> don't pee on hospitality. You don't pee on hospitality. <laughs> Uh, I won't allow it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you have that kind of crap in there, it doesn't matter how awesome your effects are or mm-hmm. how cool uh, the acting is or anything. If if the dialogue gets screwed, your movie's screwed. Yeah, I, here I guess that my thing with the whole thing is this: is that when Marvel first started, you know, in earnest putting out these superhero movies of quality, you know, I, I'm not, I'm talking about like since 2000 with the first X-Men movie. Um, you know, so you're not talking about just the ones that affect the Avengers film. Right. I'm right. About. I'm talking about since Marvel really got serious, you know, Kevin Feige stepped in as an executive producer kind of thing and that sort of thing. Um, that for the most part, they, you know, they've protected their franchises well 
what happened is is because before they had Marvel Studios up and running, and before they were all under the umbrella, you know, so you still got Spider Man out with Sony and different other you know franchises out with other. Um, have movie, you heard about movie that by companies. the way? Uh, oh, about the, the cameo. Yeah, I heard that. I heard it wasn't true. I don't believe. I read it, somewhere right. where they said it wasn't true. Um, but um, but I feel like that what they found out is, you know what, if we don't really protect these things, we're going to have situations on our hands that aren't good. And I think you point to things like, even though I enjoyed it, you know, it was mostly panned. You, you think of things like Spider-Man 3. You think of things like X-Men 3. Um, you know, these kind of Marvel movies. And I think when they kind of got Marvel Studios up and running with an eye toward doing something that hasn't been done in in movies to date, we've had team superhero movies, but we've not had these individuals come together in one big movie. And I think that they said, you know what, if we're going to do this, we got to do it right. And so I think there's, I feel like there was a creative plan in place. And I feel like that, you know... There had to have been. You would not have gotten to the end of Iron Man and had that that cameo right, if, right. if there wasn't this overall hey, let's plant a seed and see what grows. Yeah, right. And, and that was the thing people were talking about for months after Iron Man. They weren't mm-hmm. talking about uh, Jeff Daniels or, 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 or Gwen Paltrow or any of the cool effects. They were talking about Nick Fury. And, yeah. and holy mm-hmm. crap, he's talking about the Avenger initiative. Yeah. Well, and then to turn around and to cross over you know, movie companies, because at the time, Universal still had the film rights to The Incredible Hulk. You know, and to have this character that had been in a Paramount film you know, walk onto Which a is, universal is huge. set. It's yeah, not the 80s. Yeah. You can't pull that crap anymore. Right. You know, um, all because Marvel put all the right strings. And, it, you know, that's how serious they were about getting this stuff done. And now with Disney being in control, you know, I really feel oh. like, I really feel like Whedon is going to be more heavily noted than he's ever been in his life when it comes to a project that he's working on. You know what I'm saying? Like, I really feel like... past tense, because it's done. Yeah, well, and so... And there's nothing I've seen that's really discouraged me, you know, in this thing. There's nothing... There's none of these trailers that I've seen like, oh, man, that just doesn't seem right. That doesn't, you know, it's all... But but most of what we have seen is action. We have seen very little dialogue, and most of the dialogue we've gotten has been... It's been a heavy Stark dialogue. Well, it's Iron Man three, right? Let's be honest. Well, that's but the thing is, is everything I've seen said says the focus really is Captain America. It's either Tony or it's been Nick talking. Yeah, I think I think they've shown that dialogue. I think that's more of a marketing thing because I I think that Iron Man has been the more well received of the movie. Well, he's the only one that's got the sequel. Yeah, and so I think that he's been around longer than the rest of them. He was the first one and the only one with two films. Right. That's that's how it worked in the comics. I know. No, so they're going to do no, civil war. Kidding. No, they're not doing civil war. They're doing. Can we uh, do civil war? No, no. Oh. I, I'd like to stay away from that if we can. <laughs> <laughs> not on this show, Derek. Not, yeah, show. not, not. Let's not bring my show down. Um, <laughs> oh, snip it! <laughs> it's a battle cry now. <laughs> <clears throat> no, I, I mean, I think they're doing. They're. I think they're really being very faithful to, like, the original Avengers, the Earth Mightiest Heroes number one, with Loki being the villain. Um, you know, and, and there, I think, I mean, obviously it's going to be a new story and a new take on that story, but, um, you know. Is that a Leviathan in the trailer? N- what? We'll talk about it. 
I don't know. I didn't see a love. It might have been Fin Fang Foom. There was a Leviathan. I don't think there was. I mean, it probably it could it very well could be with Loki bringing like forces from other parts of the you know the known realms. So can I, can I show you a picture? Of course you can. Yeah, what you got? Uh, vamp for a second. Um, so I'm just saying that though you and I share the same views on Whedon, and please don't email in to defend Whedon. We it's we're not dogging on anyone. I'm not, who I'm likes not dogging it. on the guy at you all. Know? I don't need I don't need references. I don't right. need cross references. I don't need the detail on, and I definitely don't need to be told he's done all this and you've done nothing. I right. got all that. <laughs> I also understand. You know, there are a lot of Buffy fans out there. I watched a lot of Buffy for a little while. It you got just a lot of it for a little while. I mean, what I mean is... <laughs> I, stayed in, I stayed in Hazelhurst for a week one night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Um, I know there's some serious Buffy fans out there and some serious Angel fans. I just don't think everything the guy touches turns to gold. And and I think that, you know... And But the thing is, is the same way. It's like, if you'll respect me about Lucas, I'll respect you about Whedon. You know there what I'm saying? And, and But... This is the first thing of his I've ever looked at. I'm like, wow, I'm really excited to see this. I'm really excited to watch this. So, how, how do I get this to you? I don't. I don't know. How about I just email it to you? That'll be fine. I'm there. I can get my email. So, yeah, I, I don't. I don't want the, all this like weed and backlash against this crap. I mean, it's been done to death. Well, um, I mean, I take you back. to... I guess we messed up on Chew one time and said it, or I on Skynet. Yeah, that's, that's where it all came out of um and it's just like you know i get it he's great you know he's he's done his thing and everything i but me personally i just um i don't i've never thought he has been the best at writing male characters right um that's not sexist how could it be sexist how could that even be misconstrued as a sexist comment? It can't. Coming from a guy. Right. Um, I think what that is, Derek, is a legitimate criticism of a man's work. As seen by you. Well, and there's nothing wrong be, with that. I don't mean to be a jerk about it. Like, I, it's didn't not say, like I didn't say you're being a jerk. I hate it. Blah, blah, blah. Don't ever put out anything again. Because I've, you know, I, I thought I don't get Dr. Horrible. Like I don't under I'm not in the Whedon camp, so I don't get it. Mm-hmm. But I I thought it was cute. Yeah, I, I liked think, it. I don't think anybody actually gets Doctor Horrible. I think everybody just pretends like I totally see what he was doing. I liked the first part. I like when he was reading the emails. It was real funny to me. After that, I didn't enjoy it. Um. So what am I looking at here? The spine back there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is that a Leviathan? I think I think that is a a type of ship. That these things are flying in on, okay. Um, whatever they may be, scrolls. Yeah, yeah. No, they're not scrolls. Yeah, they're scrolls. No, they're not scrolls. They're scrolls in this film. It, no, there are no scrolls in this film. That's there's scrolls in this. Film. There's no scrolls in this film. Ah, uh, there are a few scrolls in this film. No, they're not. There's some scrolls in it. <sighs> Snippet. There are okay. scrolls in this. Film. You got any more snippets before we jump into emails? The Amazing Spider-Man trailer. Oh, yeah, the Amazing Spider-Man trailer that was released today as of the time of this recording. I have now seen the entire film. <laughs> Let me comment on this. <laughs> I saw where you tweeted that. Let's do a three-minute trailer. 
Uh, you know what? Let's just show a scene from every for a clip from every scene. In, they, in the I really feel like that's what they did, and and they did it in order so that yeah, you kind of saw was, what his was, journey is going to be. Chronological all the way to the climax and the end with whatever that antenna is falling. I felt like I saw yeah. the whole freaking <laughs> movie, and I said that um, when the Green Lantern trailer came out, right. But, there started being a lot of Green Lantern. There was like ridiculous amounts of Green Lantern trailers. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've seen everything. And then I saw Green Lantern, and I wish that all I had, had seen were the Green Lantern trailers <laughs> and not just the actual. No. Well, you know, I don't... Because the because the, the Hot Wheels racetrack was not in the trailers. Right. Um, but that was an awesome scene, by the way. <laughs> I did like it. Um, ultimately bad. Whatever. Um, I liked it. Um, you You like weird stuff. Yeah. Um. No, I just I, I legitimately I know a lot of people say that all the time. It's like I feel like I've seen the whole movie, and I, I feel like that's kind of a stupid thing to say mm-hmm. a lot of times. Because obviously, no, you did not. You just saw. I mean, that's they're just promoting it very well. Right. I saw that whole freaking movie, just <laughs> every bit of it. And let me tell you this more: this whole little eight-minute thing that came out yesterday at select screenings. Mm-hmm. How hard are we trying here? Eight minutes of what? Eight minutes of the film of Spider Man. Yes. When did that come out? Uh, well, it was like in like. 13. Oh, with all these cities and everything, where they put yeah. the spiders up on the walls. Yeah. Yeah. What are we trying to do? And and the untold story. It's like let's make absolutely sure. It's like they are trying to convince everybody this has nothing to do with the other three. With films. Sam Raimi's films, yeah. Let let us make perfectly clear to you that this has nothing to do with those well, three. Well, and films. and I guess the only problem I have with that is is that Sam Raimi's films were not so bad that you need well, to so actively distance yourself from. Well, them. not the first two at least. Um, have you heard about I like the the, third the opening for The Amazing Spider-Man? I how have this, not. How okay, the rumored opening. I saw the script like it's it's actually pretty interesting. What happened? Spoiler alert everyone. Spoiler alert everybody cuz I mean, this may or may not be true. I got it from a pretty good source, so I feel like this is what's going to happen. Um, but basically, when the film opens up, Nero comes through in this ship through a black hole <laughs> and cre- skews off into this alternate timeline where all this crap happens. And whatever our lives might have been right. are no longer that way. So, nice, yeah, nice. I, um, I, you're um, welcome. You're welcome for that. I knew if nobody else appreciated that <laughs> joke, you would. Here's a guy that just made a Star Trek reference on Geek Out Loud. You can leave now. Um, the uh, Snip it. I, I liked it. I, I mean, I, it I was I, a lot to digest. I man. totally, I totally see what you're saying. So much crap yes. going on. I totally so see what you're saying. Crap. And I totally see. I, I get your whole point about seeing the whole movie that that they showed every beat of that film in that I trailer. I cannot remember a trailer in recent history. And we talked trailers on the last Geek Out Loud. Mm-hmm. I cannot remember a theatrical trailer that just gave you so much yep. in one sitting. Yeah, yeah. I, there's a lot that I like that I'm seeing in the trailer, though. You know that 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 even though I've seen the whole movie in two minutes, that I'm going to go see this movie. Um. I two minutes like, and forty seconds. Two let's minutes be. and forty seconds. Yes. Let's let's, let's uh, round up on the on the side of. Uh, I mean, number one thing. Stone. Number one thing that I like Emma Stone. Well, number one, number two, I like web shooters. Yes, me too. I never Agreed. liked the organic. It was creepy. I never had a problem with it, but it was kind of nasty. It made me feel icky. It was. <laughs> <laughs> um, number three, I like the fact that he's a fugitive in this. 
that that you know that that he is a vigilante that the cops are after. So is there no Jonah Jameson? There's no I don't Bugle, and see and that's the thing. The there has to be though. Why? Because that's Spider Man. Mm. You know, and so so I feel like that's one thing we might not have seen in the trailer was that this is the man who's starting but this I campaign even against heard that him. John Jameson's been cast. I hadn't either. Um, so I don't know. Maybe there's not. But that's one thing that was true in the comics for the longest time. I, it, I, I give you uh, I, no Lex Luthor in the Man of Steel. That's true. Well, I, but the thing is, is that's one of the things that was true in the comics for the longest time is that Spider-Man was being hunted by, you know, he was never considered a hero, even though he did heroic things. You know, so that if there was a bank robbery that he stopped, well, he started the whole thing in the first place. You know, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Um, and and he'd have to kind of web up some guns, you know, some police guns and that sort of thing to get away. I like the fact that the humor that we have seen is actually pretty funny, you know, and not just kind of thrown in for something for Tobey Maguire to say that that scene where he's sitting in the back seat of the car. And the guy's like, are you with the cops? And he's like, yeah, I'm with the cops. I'm wearing red tights and a mask. I'm with the cops. Um, You know, that's something Spider-Man would say. I can, you know, I can totally see that on the panel kind of thing. So I'm having to get past a little uh, 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 disadvantage here where, and it comes from watching films where different actors have played the same character. Mm Um have that with Bond sometimes, mm-hmm. have that with a few other things. I was worried about this with um, Chris... Uh, oh, my God, what's Chris's name? Evans? Chris Evans is Captain America. Yes, yes. I was worried about that in... Because what was my argument with, with the Green Lantern? That was not Hal Jordan. That was Ryan Right, Reynolds. right, right. Whereas Chris Evans, he was Steve Rogers. Yes, yeah. Without a doubt. Yep. I, that was not Chris Evans on the screen. That was Captain America yep. on the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, I was having a little problem getting past the that's andrew garfield that's not peter parker and see i'm not familiar enough with andrew garfield the only thing i've ever seen him in was the social network i've seen him a couple things but it's just it was a little hard to even though i haven't seen him in that much yeah it was hard to get past that and i want to say going back i had that same problem with toby mcguire see and i wasn't familiar with toby mcguire when i go to see it so um I, I, the actors, I've not had a problem with any of the actors that I've seen in the, in the roles thus far on, in the trailers. You know, it's not like I've had a, I think uh, Dennis Leary is inspired. Yep. I thought that was a great choice. Yeah. Um, Martin Sheen, Sally Field. Mm-hmm. That's cool. You know, I, I have no problem with the casting. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, and I really had no problem with them doing a reboot. Um, I, I felt like it kind of came out of left field, but I have no problem with it. It I did. Just, it um, did kind of come out of left field, but I think it's because I don't know. It went. I think Raimi. That was more Sony pushing it than Marvel pushing it. I do. I do think that was more Sony. Sony had to get something done. I think to retain rights, maybe. And Probably. and I think that with Raimi, I, I know there were some issues between him and the studio on Spider Man Three. He well, didn't I mean, get to make Spider-Man. Such a bad taste in everybody's mouth. They wanted to. Well, but see, he didn't him. get to make the Spider-Man three that he wanted to make either. He didn't well, want. He didn't want to use Venom at all. Well, and let me tell you this. Um, here's another thing I did not like with this theatrical trailer. The original teaser did a great job, and the film synopsis that came out on the website a few months back did a great job of this whole untold story mm-hmm. bit. I think they're pushing it a little hard now. It's like untold story. We swear we're not that last trilogy. Right. Um, right. 
Which they could have just said that instead of untold story. <laughs> Remember that last trilogy? We're not. We're not Google's yet. updating their privacy policy. <laughs> um, but I, snip I, it. I, <laughs> snip it. I um did did um I was the the curve I was looking forward to was this whole thing about Richard Parker. Yeah, yeah. And this whole and the first teaser did a kind of a good job of that this little secret and what he had to do with stuff and why he disappeared and 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 all this stuff and how this played into Peter's life and they kind of just handed it to you on a platter in this one. Like mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be a big part of the movie. Yeah. Which is kind of why I felt like I saw the whole thing because sure. one of the big because one of the things you were looking at yeah. was going to be in the film they gave you in sure. two and a half minutes this morning. Yeah, I was surprised that they were going with the whole Richard and Mary Parker thing at all because that's something that came late, late, late in Spider-Man continuity. You know, I mean, and I'm talking about like in the nineties. Yeah, you know, so, um, so I was kind of surprised that that came about at all. I'm looking forward to it though. I think it's going to be a good movie. Snippet. Um, what else you got? Can I, can I have like two combined into one? Sure. Okay. Uh, have you heard this rumor about Bradley Cooper playing Lex Luthor? I've heard it. I haven't. I don't. I mean, I hadn't seen anything we fleshed don't out the about geek it. Out loud stamp of approval. Yeah. I, I mean, but it would be cool. It would be very cool. <laughs> he would be a great Lex Luthor. Yeah, I've I've heard that, and and if that's the case, and go for it, man. I'm. That would be such inspired casting. Yeah. Like one of those that was like. I would have never thought about that, but holy crap. Until they did it, yep. It makes awesome sense. Mm -hmm. Awesome sense. Um, Let's talk about this. this, um, Have you seen Chronicle? I've not seen it yet. I I want to see it so badly. Especially after all these reviews. Oh, yes, yeah. You should should double up on Chronicle and Phantom Menace. I should, if I can find the time. Um... Can, can we touch on this uh, this 16 minutes of, of, of crap we sat through this weekend? <laughs> Do you really want to? Let's just, let's let's add our two cents and okay. let's move All on. All right, okay. I texted this video to you mm-hmm. on Saturday. We were yeah. talking about the death and return of Superman, which mm-hmm. was written and starring the guy who wrote Chronicle, in addition to a myriad of cameos. Is that who so, that is? That's why I was telling you. Okay. The only reason anybody's talking about this is because of Chronicle. Oh, I didn't. Otherwise, that. it wouldn't have amounted to anything. Uh, huh. In addition, it's also stars Elijah Wood, Mandy Moore, Ron Howard, Simon Pegg. Who am I leaving out? I don't know. I I'll be honest with you. Of all those cameos and stuff, I didn't even notice them until someone mentioned they were cameos, and I went back and like, oh yeah, that is them. Um, but I texted this to you and you were like, I couldn't even get past the first 20 seconds and I turned it off, which mm-hmm. I totally agree with you. Um, I, I, I found it very, um, insulting. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and I've got a good sense of humor uh, and I did laugh maybe once or twice at a couple of things, but, and you, I think you thought I was finding it funny and I was texting you. It was like, it's worth watching to have something to talk about. Right. Um, and I kind of thought the cameos were worth it, but as I got halfway through it, when it was listed on the cameos, I was like, holy crap, there's a lot of people in this thing. Maybe it's actually interesting. Then I start watching. I'm like, no, it's really horrible. Um, and I loved your argument, which is my sentiments exactly. Don't tell me what I don't like. Right. Don't tell I me. I know what I do and don't like. Right. Don't be one to force feed me. Right. And don't do it in such a smarmy way. 
You know, the whole thing starts out with nobody cares about Superman. He doesn't say it so pleasantly. Um, He says, no one cares about Superman. You don't care about Superman. Even if you think you do, you don't. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I do. Uh, He's like, nobody, only reason anybody thinks they care about Superman is because he was around first and blah, 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 and all these other reasons. I was like, like, okay, please skip past this point and, and tell us the what you're the the point you're trying to get across mm-hmm. here and um and basically well his 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 ultimate point was flawed at the, the end yeah when <clears throat> when he comes to the end of the whole thing he walks through the whole death and return story arc of superman if he you get, haven't seen this well i'm not telling you to do it because i don't think it's worth your time but if you are if you're dying to find out about this Go to YouTube, The Death and Return of Superman. It's about a 16-minute short film. Mm-hmm. He, gets um, a, he gets some facts wrong. He mentions he gets a lot of crap wrong. He mentions, that, crap he mentions wrong. that the death of Superman took place in Action Comics number 75. Um, no, it was Superman, volume 2, number 75. Uh, Love Steve Goloff. So um, that was kind of weird to me. But also, you know, he, he, he begins to talk about, like, I don't know, he... He gives a lot of information that was never given about Doomsday in the actual death and return of Superman about story arc. the creation of the creature. Yeah, yeah, that came later, as I recall. Well, and I mean, even in that instance, wasn't Doomsday from Krypton? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it was ancient that. Kryptonian scientist. Yeah. And so, and then he goes and kind of, you know, he's just real snarky about the whole story. Um, he, he's, he's acting like he's the smartest person in the room. Right, right. And I don't like that ego at you know, all. I don't like being called dumb, and I don't like being told what I don't like. Yeah. And then again, it's... Especially when it comes to Superman, because don't tell me I don't care about Superman, even though I pretend like I do. And then then he gets like... And then he makes to me what is the cardinal sin of anyone who, who begins to complain about things that are done, that it's like they complain that the art is being sold or or is being... Or that these people are trying to make money off of it. You know, like, hey, here's an idea that'll make money. Let's kill Superman. Um, Well, and I have to tell you, one of the few... I laughed at two specific things I remember laughing at. I did laugh when they gave the numbers of how well it sold out, mm-hmm. and it cut back to the executives, and they were Just all throwing money. Making it rain and stuff, yeah. With, with the rap. <laughs> <laughs> I did crack up at the making it rain thing, um, which I shouldn't have because it was totally wrong. But I, I did. It was I, I wasn't expecting it, and it right. caught me off guard. But the thing, the thing is, it, it doesn't. My thing is, it's like, yeah, they were trying to come up with a story that would engage people and they could sell comics. What's wrong with that? They're a comic book company. What's what are wrong they, with George Lucas putting Star Wars back in the What are they supposed to do? Hey, let's come up with the most artsy-fartsy thing in the world and it'll only sold, sell three comics, but critics will love it. No. you got to make money. you got to put food on the table. Steve's got to eat. Steve, <laughs> You know? It's just, I mean, that's my and thing. we have a new tagline, ladies it's, and gentlemen. <laughs> Welcome to Geek Out Loud. Steve's got to eat. Um, did you bring a pizza? The home of mayonnaise. <laughs> My thing is just, it's I'm like... I'm Phillips with a pizza. And it's like, it's like fine, they, you know, and yeah, you know why they didn't, they killed him to, to put off the marriage of him and Lois because, you know, they had a TV show going at the time and they wanted to wait until they got married on the TV show before they put them in together in the comics. And, well, and it was all this crap of... And the other stuff that pissed me off that was like fans were outraged and Superman came back. No, they weren't. Well, I, I, did you expect them to kill off Superman and be done? Because the minute he died, like he said, four other ones showed up. 
Well, and, but the, here's the thing that here's the thing that DC did that was genius, though. They did the funeral for a friend, and then they didn't put any books out for like three months, and then they started the whole reign of the Superman thing. I I, I enjoyed. I can remember. I have a very vivid memory of standing in line with my father at the bookstore to get a copy of Death of Superman mm-hmm. the day it came out. Yep. And getting one, and I still have that copy. Oh, yep, around here, and um, and I have all the funeral for friends, and I mm-hmm. still one day I want to take all seven of those and get them matted and framed, like all together, because I've got a few different copies of them. But I just think I think that those are s- such cool covers, and I thought it was such a cool. I loved Death of Superman. I thought it was great. I loved the Battle <coughs> of Doomsday. I oh, loved- dude, the way that each issue of them fighting. Like the panels got progressively bigger to the point that when you got to Superman 75, each page is an individual splash page. Yeah. The fight is so big and it, and it cannot be contained in small panels on, on a page. And, and the way that he dies, you know, then that's another thing. The dude made fun of it. He's like, well, he gave one big last punch. Yeah. You know, it was, he was sacrificing himself because this monster was not going to stop. And he fought until he had nothing else to fight for. And and the whole point, I don't know, like, I just, to me... It, it pissed me off. Right. To me, there's a way of having fun with something without making fun of it. You know, you, you can parody things, and it'd be funny. You can parody the death of Superman, and it'd be funny, you know, if you do it well. But to make fun of it, because it was, it was you know, it wasn't just a... It was a thing where they're like, you know what, yeah, this will sell, sell comics, this will make money... But at the same time, they were very respectful. It was not just a random death. It didn't make sense. It was, you if know. If you need proof of that, there is a great um, documentary on. I would the movie is not one of my favorites, but the um, Superman, Superman Doomsday, Doomsday the yeah. first DC animated film. There is a great documentary on that DVD, which has actual footage from the writers' room at DC mm-hmm. way back when in ninety one, ninety two, where they were sitting around doing all this. Yep. And amazing well, that they sat around and filmed that. And Louise Simonson, who was a writer at the time, like she breaks down into tears talking about the scene of Jonathan and Martha out in the field burying like what they had left of Clark. Well, and I don't know if you read this. This pissed me off even more. If you read the description, the YouTube description of the video where the writer mm-hmm. guy is talking about this or the filming, I guess I guess he got some Chronicle money. Mm-hmm same thing Whedon did with Avengers and he did much to do about nothing or whatever Shakespeare he, he took on <laughs> that uh, doing a film um, the original running time of this thing was like 47 minutes oh my gosh and where he starts going into the whole crap of Jonathan dying and going to heaven and, and seeing Clark don't you mess with that because that's one no. of my favorite Superman yeah, stories that of all was, time that's a pretty powerful moment you know and it's like, that's okay. You know, it's like, this is comic books. But then his overall point at the end was that ruined death in comic books forever. Because then this person died and came back, and then this right. person died and came back, and it just opened the door for all these people to die but it, and come back. But I got news for him. Jean Grey of the X-Men, Phoenix, had died and come, had come, died and come back already. Um, Wasp died and came back in Secret Wars back in the day in, in Marvel Comics. There were a lot of characters who had died and come back, you know. Um, there were a few staples who had who had died and had not yet come back. At that point, you know, uh, Barry Allen had not come back. 
um, from his death in, in Christ's on infinite earth. Uh, there was a new Supergirl in town, you know. That character had been brought back around, even though it wasn't like Supergirl proper, um, you know, Kara Zorel of Krypton, but that whole concept was there. Um, you know, it's it's a thing to me where it's like death has never been s- solid in comics. Doctor Doom had died and returned m- several times in weird ways by that point, you know, in the 90s. Uh, I was more of a Marvel fan at that point, so I don't really know about, you know, who had died and come back necessarily DC-wise. But my thing is, it's like, no, it didn't. It did not open the door for death to not be final in, in comic books. You know, um, it just, I don't know. It just, the whole thing just kind of ended up irking me, and I, and I wasn't able to laugh at it because I, I hold that whole story in such high regard. Thank you. You know. Thank you. And the thing is, is I hold other stories in high regard. I love Star Wars, you know. I've, we all know that. That's no secret. On my shelf right now, I have a movie called Spaceballs. I have a movie called Thumb Wars. You know, I've got a whole, you know. I have a VHS here of Hardware Wars. Hardware Wars, you know. And the thing is, is like these are things that are parodying Star Wars. But guess what? They're not, they're having fun without making fun. And I think that's the key to what you know this dude did. And no, and no, at no time when you're watching this, do you feel like the smartest person in the room is trying to tell you you don't look really like this? Yeah. At no point do you ever question your allegiance to the death of Superman. Right. So, at all, and he's wrong. Any, yes, he, he. That is dumb. <laughs> he is dumb. I am through. We are through. So Sleep let's. Uh, all right. <laughs> so let's jump into some emails. This first one comes from Quentin. He says, Hey, Steric, that's us. I was listening to the last episode of Geek Out Loud. That means now. That means now. When I became very disappointed by your discussion about current Hollywood films lacking any movie magic for the current generation of kids, I couldn't disagree more. I think the two of you are missing the fact that you guys are adults. Any movie has a totally different effect on you than it now, would now, a child. Now, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Steve and I are, by and large, no way adults. <laughs> let's, let's debunk this email from the beginning. <laughs> he says, therefore, Derek's statement about feeling bad for, for the current generation of kids is pretty invalid. Uh, basically, since the dawn of the 21st century, movie magic has never been stronger, and most of it can be attributed to the emergence of superhero movies in Hollywood. But, but, but Quentin... I'm sorry, I'll wait till the end. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll rebut. Seeing any superhero on the big screen is such an amazing rush for a child. I'm currently 17, and I can remember seeing the trailer for the original Spider-Man movie and basically wetting myself. All throughout my childhood, I've been mesmerized by these superhero films, including the X-Men franchise to even the Fantastic Four. Later this year, the most epic, but not necessarily the best, superhero movie of all time will be coming out, The Avengers. Even as a 17-year-old, I am so incredibly stoked for this film. The idea of Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, Hawk, uh, Hulk, Hawkeye, and Black Widow. Oh yeah, and you can't forget Samuel Jackson being in a sing- single film together is amazing. So a young kid seeing the Avengers trailer must be it must be even more amazing. Uh, but enough about superhero movies. This generation of kids also had another film franchise that'll certainly last the test of time: Harry Potter. Oh God! Well, while as a film franchise, it's not completely original. It has still captured the heart 
or the imagination of millions of children around the world. Even the current Transformers franchise has bewildered millions of kids. It's bewildered a lot of people. It's bewildered <laughs> me. <laughs> a kid going to see Transformers doesn't care if there was a completely different Transformers franchise 20 years ago. They care about the here and now. There's nothing wrong with reintroducing a new generation of kids to not-as-fresh ideas. The Star Wars re-releases are getting a lot of flack, but personally, I'm happy to get even another generation of children uh, that can enjoy the wonder that is Star Wars. I'm not com- trying to completely write off your whole discussion on the podcast, but I personally feel like this is the best time to be a kid. Our current technology allows for the most epic stories to be created that can truly capture a child's imagination. You two may not be pleased with the current anima- animated films outside of Pixar, but I know for a fact that kids are just eating it up. That's all I really had to say. Keep up the good work, guys, and don't be worried about the Man of Steel. There are a lot of talented people working on the movie behind the scenes, such as David Goyer and the Nolanizer. Uh, which will help calm down Zack Snyder. Even if the movie isn't on the Dark Knight's level of quality, it'll at least be a guaranteed fun action movie starring Superman, and it's about time. That comes from Quentin. Quentin, real quick, let me just encourage you. I had to edit. Okay, go ahead. I had to edit your email. I had to edit your email for content, Quentin. So if you could if you could calm yeah, down on the swears, let's, yeah. Let's if you could calm down on the swears, buddy, I'd really appreciate it. I mean, we're not adults, but let's not talk like right. that. Right, Derek, let's go ahead. Like um, okay, so he's talking. Oh my God! I, see, I knew if you said something, I was going to lose what I was going to say. I'm sorry. Um, I'm trying not. To Movie magic has never been stronger. I'm trying not trying to completely write off your whole discussion on the podcast, but I personally feel like this is the best time to be a kid. Our current technology allows for the most epic stories to be created that can truly capture a child's imagination. Let me take you back, Quentin to a time uh, I like to call, even before my birth, mind you, but at a very young age, a film called E.T. Mm, and let mm. me tell you about movie magic yeah. and an epic quality of yeah, film yeah. that would truly capture a child's imagination. That's the epitome to me of capturing a child's imagination is a film like E.T. Mm-hmm. You don't need all these magic bells and whistles that are fake. I mean, a puppet, a, a, a caricature, a puppet mm-hmm. hiding amongst stuffed animals mm-hmm. so the mother doesn't find it mm-hmm. to me is movie magic. Yeah. Um, my argument was not that I feel bad for kids because they don't have amazing movies. They do. I, 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 there are no, <coughs> I make no quips about that. Mm-hmm. There are some amazing films that come out. Avengers are going to be amazing films. Yes. But quality of life that comes out of something that is an original idea like Star Wars. Mm-hmm. When it originally came out, or E.T., or even Super 8, you know, of mm-hmm. recent memory, um, which I still haven't seen. But just to hear Steve talks about it gets me excited because he said he felt like a kid watching it. Yep. When you have an original idea, something that is spawned out of just sheer pen to paper writing down something that you feel passionate about, that you want to get that story out to the masses, and you, even if you have to produce it yourself, even if you direct it yourself, if you have to convince everybody in Hollywood that you have to get it done, that means more to me than a comic series that's been around for the past 50 years finally getting turned into mm-hmm. a film. Yeah. Well, and, and, and when I talk movie magic, to me, what I, I wasn't thinking like, oh, these movies aren't good, they're not amazing. Exactly. But the thing is, is, is you go back to, to 1980, you go back to 1977, 78, 1980 to 1983 with the Star Wars franchise, that kicked off a whole thing of how did they do this? And as you begin to, you know, they begin to release books and, and picture books and magazines that just all focus on the behind the scenes stuff. 
Star Wars was one of the first movies where you actually knew who the sound designer was. You know, Star Wars was one of the first movies where you actually cared about who were the people that made these ships fly this way. Um, you, Superman, the movie, you know, their whole tagline was, you will believe a man can fly. And they did all this without digital technology, without computers, and they tried to figure out how can we best make this person look like he's literally flying through the air, you know, and, and with speed, with strength, with grace. How can we... And, and it's effects that stand up and stood the test of time for years and years and years and years, these special effects did, before there was ever the digital animation of computers. Nowadays, and I'm not saying it's not hard work to do this stuff, it, it is hard work for someone to sit down and make a photorealistic uh, uh, a character appear with live-action characters. It, it's very difficult, and they haven't, you know, they've almost gotten there. You know, they haven't fully gotten there yet, computer-wise, but it, it takes a lot of talent in the animators. It takes a lot of attention to detail in real life. I'm not saying, but to me, there's something a little more magical about Say, for example, Superman the movie, where the, the, the red sun of Krypton was gasoline burning in, in, a, in a can lid that they just zoomed in on. Um, and it looked like a sun. You know what I mean? Rather than, oh, yeah, we just painted that digitally on a blue screen. Um, and again, I'm not trying to take away from the work that goes into that, but I'm saying that when you talk, when Derek, when Derek used the words movie magic, that's what I thought about. Were all the old tricks that people used to have to use? I don't consider anything done today movie magic. Right. It's 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 very computer. When you can get in Final Cut or Adobe Effects or anything like that, and you can make it happen, that is not movie magic. Right. When you physically have to sit around a table with a group of people in 1982 for 10 hours to think, how are we going to make this guy's mouth move and then walk a second later? Mm -hmm. That's movie magic. You know, you you go watch a movie like Willow. Um, oh. Which you are great. You are great. <laughs> Which you know, it's a to me. I love the movie Willow, but it's also yes. a great example of early use of computers. Me, you know, meshing well with special effects. And a lot of filmmakers today really resist the urge to go full on digital. There are a few who go after. George Lucas is one of the few who actually are like, yeah, let's do this. You know, let's go. You know, where you walk on his set and it's mostly blue. Um, because I think a lot of people realize the the importance of having as much texture and as much realism to to a set and to the set pieces and to what's going on as they can, and um and that to me is movie magic where where you've got five or six guys timing an explosion just right or or people behind the scenes working on something to to give to give life to something that should not have life that kind of thing, um, kill it. You know, right, 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 and so I, that's and that's what we meant. We didn't mean that the quality of movies wasn't yeah. coming out, but also Quentin being seventeen, you don't remember a time when movies would stay in the theaters for literally months at a time. You know, you there wasn't this quick turnover from from screen to home release because there was no home release. You know, nowadays a movie's in the theater, and three months later it's on Blu-ray, it's on an on-demand service somehow, or that that sort of thing. Back then, it was an event when a movie came to video. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, crap, there are some movies today that uh, if they're in theater two weeks, you can get them on demand. Mm -hmm. and, you yep. know, you may have to pay forty dollars, but you can watch it. And so it's just that it's just that some of the wonder has gone out of it. And that's exactly, and I, we're not coming down on you, Quentin, at all. But I don't think you fully understand what right. understand what we were saying. 
It's it's Last wonderful time. to see these things on the screen, but there was it's a great. time I can't wait for the Avengers. Yeah. I think it's going to be great, and I think children are going to love it. But I think there's something missing from Hollywood that you and I got to experience mm-hmm. as kids, Steve, and 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 for generations before you and I mm-hmm. that that really. I mean, I'm not, you know, I I wasn't born when ET came out. Yeah, I saw I that in remember, the theater. Do what? I saw the ET in the theater as See, a kid. And, and but I can remember my sister who is about your age, mm-hmm. who is your age, and and um showing me that as a kid. I can remember watching that as a yeah. kid. Hell I, I I can remember watching Alf. Yes. I mean that's yeah. movie magic to me. Yep, yep. So that's that's what we're talking about. Puppets basically. No, because there's so much more than that. Sure. I mean, I'm glad you sure. said Superman. Now, not Superman Four, because that's just a piece of yeah. paper coming. Superman Four. Screen. Superman Four oh. is early Photoshop work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> early LSD tests in the Air Force. Um, uh, yeah, but Super. See, Superman the movie is one of those that when you watch the how they made it kind of thing, it's fascinating. The work. One of the coolest things about Superman the movie and how they made it was the actual. And you were talking about the Krypton sequence, but how they backlit Marlon Brando's cost those mm-hmm. costumes on yep. Krypton yep. to make them have that glow. Well, and there's there's one scene in in Superman the movie where he's on the balcony talking to Lois, and after they have their whole "Can you read my mind?" scene, he lands and he leaves, and she's talking to him, and it's one camera shot like they never cut away from her as she's walking away you see him flying off and they stay on her stay on her stay on her all the way to her door where clark ken is waiting at the door so and the good. way they did that was she was just waving goodbye to a projected image of christopher reeve as superman on a screen and and it looked like she was standing there with him the whole time i mean it's just that kind of thing that it lent to the realism where nowadays they'd be like, well, you know, that's a, that's a stunt double with a digital face of the actor portraying Superman. And, you know, then it's a digital character flying off. And then, you know, of course he's able to be right there at the door. Um, you know, there's no sleight of hand to it. You know, there's no, there's no misdirection. There's no that. How did they just pull that off? Right. Right. Cause now you can just say, Oh, they did now it you just computer. say, Oh, we did that. And CGI. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but anyhow, we're not. And 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 look, I agree that there's a lot of stuff for kids to get excited about. And I know the I don't kids know about Transformers being one of those. Well, but, I love. But the, the whole thing. I let me go back because the second point I want to make is he referenced the Avengers, mm-hmm. Harry Potter, mm-hmm. and Transformers. Mm-hmm. All three of these things are not original ideas. Right, they are all franchise ideas that are finally coming to or have just come to the big screen. Mm-hmm based off of a book or a cartoon series or comic books for the past 50 mm-hmm. years. There is nothing new in that, whereas like what my first go-to thing was, because when we started saying movie magic, my I go to E.T. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I go to E.T., but when I think about it's it's that image. It is that image of Amblin, of, of them on of the, the bike, logo, yep. of the, the bike, in front and, of the moon. and everything. Mm-hmm. And that is movie magic. Yeah, yeah. It's iconic. It's an you know, you... It, and the closest thing, once you get to the digital age, the closest thing you've got to that, I think, is Jurassic Park, where there was a, a good melding of models and, and and digital, you know. That's really where you start getting into that. And that's that, where, okay, where ILM found out we can do this here, crap. But it's starting to go the way that right. the way the dinosaurs Right, right. Uh, no pun intended. So, um, but Quentin, you know, I'm and understand, I'm excited about the Avengers. I'm excited mm-hmm. about the Man of Steel. I'm excited about all this stuff. Um, but, and it holds the wonder for me, dude, when I saw Transformers, when I saw that first Transformers movie, 
I was like a kid. When, when I remember that trailer, the the footage on Mars. Yes, that? yes, that so yes. Cool to me. Well, and when Optimus Prime first rolls up and he transforms and he utters the words, "I am Optimus Prime," I literally out loud, I embarrassed my little sister. I said, "Heck yes, you're Optimus Prime." I mean, I was just so into it. Um, in in this last one, in in, in uh, Dark of the Moon, Transformers: Dark of the Moon. Dude, when Ironhide gets gets killed, I'm crying. When Optimus Prime comes back, I'm like, yeah, you know. And even in the second one, when when Optimus Prime gets run through, I was thinking, do I have to watch Optimus die twice in my lifetime? You know, because I've already seen it on the movie, and then now here this is on this movie, and 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 so yeah, I really do kind of strip away all of my adult cynicism when I go see these things, because I want to enjoy the movie as much as possible. But I also understand that if I don't, if I want to see it again in the theaters, I better go next week or I better go tomorrow, you know, because, because back in the, but back in the day, you know, you'd have to go find a read along book or you'd have to go buy some toys or you'd have to, you know, just be out in the backyard recreating what you could remember with your friends. You know, that's what we used to do when we play outside is, as I remember, I had a friend who'd seen Ghostbusters and I hadn't yet. And he was just kind of walking me through the movie. You know, same thing with stuff like Karate Kid and, and, yeah, and those sorts of things. That's another great yeah. Oh, example yes, of yes. magic. Um, this next one, speaking of Karate Kid, comes from Curtis. And this is just a neat little thing I thought was neat, and, and it's worth mentioning. Curtis says, hello, how are you guys doing? Hopefully well. I want to thank you for the Karate Kid episode. It was awesome. I'm not sure if you know, but Mr. Miyagi's character was loosely based on a real person. Uh, Chojan Miyagi who lived from 1888 to 1953. Do a Google search and you'll find all kinds of stuff. I know about him because he invented the style of karate I train in, uh, Goju Ryu. Uh, that's also a Dragon Ball Z character, I believe. I was going to say, there's a lot of trading cards. On one that. of his top, Sagichi Toguchi, one of his top students, Sagichi Toguchi, was my Shihan's teacher. And my teacher is Shihan John Roseberry. Well, I just thought you might find that interesting, and I hope you are uh, still planning an X-Files episode at p- some point, because I can't wait for that. Uh, thanks, guys, and have a great day. And that's from Curtis. Did we talk about an X-Files episode? Uh, I'd mentioned it at one point. Yeah, possibly oh, okay. doing one. So, okay. um, And that's something, I, and I still do kind of want to talk X-Files one day down the road. Oh. Um, were you in X-Files? I, 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 I doubt very seriously. I have seen every episode, but I have seen plenty and sure. enough of the mythology sure. to talk yeah. The, the really really good movie and the really really bad movie yes yeah <laughs> so. so i just thought that was neat i'd, I'd kind of heard about that but i mean here's a guy who obviously has a you know kind of a, a obi-wan to qui-gon to do kuda yoda connection to the original mr miyagi guy so that's pretty neat i guess he'd be anakin oh my god oh <gasps> Curtis, don't go to the dark side. This one comes from Carissa. Carissa says, I hope you're doing well during the first month here of 2012. I'm not sure if I've told you yet, but I am so enjoying listening to you together again. Yeah, it's great to be together again. Uh, Okay, I have a real question, but I'll begin with a brief geek story. My six-year-old little boy is a mega Star Wars fan. He knows all the movies, and he's seen every episode of Clone Wars and has awesome recall of the people, species, planets, ships, etc. He's played through every Lego Star Wars game that ever was, and he's in the first grade, and the class celebrates each child by making them stars during the week. Everybody has an opportunity to, among other things, make a poster about their life and answer questions about it. The parent comes in to help the child explain the poster. My husband was there helping our son. 
Michael's was filled with Star Wars stuff, including pics and stickers of lightsabers. As the kids were asking questions, a number of them piped up, ooh, lightsabers. I got those from McDonald's, one would say. I got a purple one. Another one would say, I got a green one. And then one little girl, very excitedly in Michael's class, said, oh, I got a red one. Michael immediately turned wide-eyed to my husband, said under his breath in all seriousness, Daddy, a Sith Lord. Well, I don't think Michael will be friends with that little girl for a bit, and my husband could not get control of his laughter for a very long time. (laughs) So for my question, Michael is really loving to read right now, and he's the type of kid that likes to know specifics about Star Wars. But I'd love to find a series of books that are interesting and will give him some backstory and factoids. Do you have any kind of EU recommendations? Um, Hope you guys are having a magnificent January. I did, and now it's February, and that's from Carissa. Um... She explains it all. Yes. No, that's Clarissa. Oh. Yeah. Derek, you have a, a nephew that's kind of into the wars. Are there any children, you know, that age group books that would be good I, for him to pick up? I got up? a few for um, for him for Christmas. Um, there was a really cool... Oh, Clarissa. I'm, 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 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get your email and, and, and email you... Uh, these um because i can't think of them off the top of my head there was a really cool like it was almost an encyclopedia but it wasn't really mm-hmm. it was for kids but i mean it covered clone wars and the films mm-hmm. it, was, it was really cool yeah uh, no, I, I think i know what you're talking before. about yeah have you seen it i have and there's also a lego guide like that a lego star wars encyclopedia it's kind of for kids um, um the other book i got him it was clone wars specific but i don't remember what it was about it was mm-hmm. just one i saw and i was like oh here's that but the the other one, I like. I was wrapping gifts for Christmas, and I was holding that one, thinking, "Ah, just keep this yeah. <laughs> for myself." From from what I understand, they've gone to kind of doing the Clone Wars comics is kind of digest style, where you can pick up, you know, and it has several stories, really? you know, based on the Clone Wars characters and everything. So if you might want to find some of those and, and check them out and see if they're they're that age appropriate, I'm not sure. I can't I can't speak to the age appropriateness of them. Um, and I also know that there are several books that just kind of walk through the whole story of the saga from different characters' perspectives, um, where they just you know that have come out in Star recent Wars years. character encyclopedia. Yeah, and and is is an omnibus of that one plus Star Wars Clone Wars encyclopedia. Mm-hmm. There were some so. cool books I had when I was a kid um, um, that were. Um, I swear, if you say "glove of Darth Vader," I'll reach through Skype and slap you. Okay, never mind. <laughs> that was the first one, wasn't it? No, <laughs> I was like in second grade or first grade or something when those came out. Uh, what was wrong with those? I don't remember oh, a thing about it other than the cover art and the horrible. title. But there was like five or six of them in a series. Mount Yoda. What yeah. was so bad with those? They were oh, just they're out of good. print. Yeah, they're not good. Those, they I'm sure they good. weren't. Um, I don't still have these. Yes, if you can find any, Vader. I don't know. Six years, he may be too young for him. some of the young Jedi Knight stuff that has that follows Jason and Jaina Solo as they're learning to be. Um, some of that stuff's kind of deep. Yeah, well, they're you know, they're more for young, like I say, young readers. Which I don't. I think he might be a little young for those. What was wrong with the glove of Darth Vader? Dude, I don't remember think about it. No, uh, it just was bad. I mean, it was just one of those things. It's like a thirty-page book. How old were you? I was um, you were in high school. when I first noticed it. I was in middle school, okay. so yeah. But anyhow, um, 
So it's yeah, Chris, those, check. But those things that Derek mentioned, the the character encyclopedia and the Clone Wars encyclopedia. There's also a Clone Wars visual guide, which mm-hmm. I think is the other thing I got. Yeah. yeah. Are they like so, they're like coffee table size books or no? They are. Yeah. They're, they're big books, but they're they're huge illustrations. Yeah. And and explanations of battles and stuff like that. They're they're just really cool to yeah, have. Yeah. I know when I was that age, um, I was in first and second grade around the time that uh, Return of the Jedi came out. And just anything that had to do with the movies, like I've got like old picture books of the movies. I've still got them on my bookshelf, you know. Mm-hmm. And even some, uh, I even had some like concept art books as a kid, you know, that age from Empire and Return of the Jedi. That that I mean, they confused me as a kid because I'm like, that's not Yoda, but it was just like what he would have looked like, you know, what kind of the the. I've got on my shelf here. I have the read along record of Return yep, of the Jedi. Yeah. So, There's also a Lego Star Wars visual, visual dictionary. Yes, that's what I, was, I mentioned. That same another yeah. coffee table size book. Now, so, I, three things that I have that I kind of they're the pride and joy of my bookshelf collection, but I'm sure they're a little old. But they're, they're I don't know. I mean, you may want to go ahead and get them for him, Carissa, because they're they're very cool to have, and I think they'd be something for him to grow up with is the i have the you have these don't you see the complete star wars encyclopedia the three volume i don't have those these are awesome they are amazing um, they are amazing i got them two or three years ago for christmas mm-hmm. it's they're they're huge big box set of three yeah. hardcover books and they're just i mean i'm looking here on amazon they're about 80 dollars for the set and it's just something really really cool what about those um, things you and I were talking about a while back that I had no knowledge of the the Book of the Sith and, and the Book of the Jedi? Those stuff. are not yeah, those wouldn't work for a six year old quite yet. Um, are they are they novel? They're not. Type? They're like novel type things. Yeah, the um, the <clears throat> packaging might be cool though. Mm-hmm, the packaging is cool. There some of the essential guides that are out there are paperback. Um, they're very visual. Uh, you've got essential guides to characters, essential guides to vehicles, the essential guide to the Force. And they're very art heavy and and pretty easy to read. You know where he could probably pick and he could pick out some words and the one and if he couldn't quite read them, he'd really enjoy looking at a lot of the diagrams of the ships and stuff. So check out those essential guides. That encyclopedia, like if you want to spend the money on those encyclopedias, I, I agree with Derek. That's something neat to grow up with, you know, for a kid because it they are very comprehensive and very. And cool. I mean, it goes Clone Wars books, yeah, films, yes. Uh, I can't speak to whether or not it, it goes. goes to holi- it, it goes, I don't know about holiday special, but I mean it's pretty in it, Yeah, it goes to and as far as EU information goes, like they have all the way up to I think through part of the Fate of the Jedi series that they're in the middle of now, right now in the EU. So, so check those things out, Chris. I hope we gave you a little bit of help there. Um, email us back if we didn't or don't. Yell at us. Yeah, yell at us. Uh, this one comes from Jeff, uh, good friend of the show for a long time. Uh, hey guys, I hope this fattens the mailbag by a few ounces. When you were talking about the Phantom Menace trailer, it really brought me back. I remember when it was announced it was going to debut on Entertainment Tonight. I was working nights at the time, and my then-girlfriend, now wife, hence why I married her, taped it with a VHS tape, and I watched it over and over again. Just the sound effects alone gave me shivers. And that scene where Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon jump from a walkway to walkway, one flips, I believe, and you see two Jedi side-by-side for the first time, one with a blue lightsaber and one with a green, it blew my mind. I also seem to remember one of the films that was announced the trailer to play before was Meet Joe Black. And there were reports of Star Wars fans buying tickets, watching the trailer, and walking out before the movie started. Mm-hmm. Some theaters even started announcing they would play the trailer again at the end of the movie just to get people to stay. 
As for warmed over 90s rehashes that we can expect in the next 10 years, I've compiled a partial list. Uh, a Highlander reboot. I know, technically an 80s franchise, but some sequels in the TV shows were 90s. And this one has potential to be cool. I, there's been all kinds of rumor about Highlander reboots. They've hired a writer. Yeah. I don't know about a director, yeah. but there, there's somebody at the helm of a new uh, fran- Highlander film franchise. <clears throat> um, Urban Legend as a found footage flick this time, just to make Derek angry. <laughs> Shut up, Jeff. Uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. This time it'll be Zach Galifianakis, full beard and all. Hello! I would, I, I would watch that. I would. It was a run by <laughs> uh, Married with Children. This time it'll be raunchy. Oh, wait a minute. Mm, yeah. Uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, starring Jaden Smith. Uh, um, that's cop, original. Cop Rock. What is Cop Rock? In a post Glee world, this time it will take off. You just wait. You just wait. What uh, is? I don't know what Cop Rock is. Is it a? Can is we it a wiki that? Show or cops sing? I don't. I don't know. Can we cop, wiki Cop Rock? Cop Rock. I don't understand. Cop Rock is an American show? musical police drama that aired on ABC in 1990. It presented. It was presented as a musical. Was co-created by Stephen Bocho Bochco, who also served oh as executive gosh. producer. It combined police procedural with musical theater to form a genre in which Bochco was very successful with Hill Street Blues. Wow, Steve, Steve, yes, I I know you can't do it. Actually, you you need to do it just for your reaction. Um, so go to YouTube. Okay. I'm going there right oh now. Oh my goodness! I'm at YouTube. I've never heard of this. Type in "cop rock mm-hmm. dash he's guilty." Cop rock dash he's guilty. All right, I, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to hear. Yeah, yeah, because you can do it. I'm going to stop and just listen okay. with you. Here we go. Has the jury reached a verdict? We have, Your Honor. Hit Uh uh-uh. uh, like he just pointed to a guy, and a guy flipped up a thing, and a keyboard, keyboard. was under under his briefcase. This is the juryman, the foreman of the jury. He's guilty, judge. He's guilty. You could see it in his eyes. He wow. Can I find every episode of the, this? The jury is now backing him up as a choir. Well. Mm. Uh-oh. That was the judge singing the whale. And, oh, yeah. The courtroom is now swaying. Uh-oh. That was the guy who, I guess, they just found guilty. He didn't know right from wrong. Oh, he's thinking of jury. And they have now have on choir robes, by the way. He's got to pay. Okay. Um, I don't. I mean, can we? 
There's obviously no point in ever going to geek out loud ever again because this is just. <laughs> yeah. Um. What are we watching? Uh, when, How was I weird? Well, uh, yeah, I think that's the next big thing to hit TV. Damien Holbrook, we got to get him on. We we got we got to get Damien Holbrook on. How the many talk. episodes did this last? Eleven episodes. So surely someone can send me Cop Rock. Surely, I can I, sit I through eleven I, episodes of this series. I, I want to do a Cop Rock He's podcast. I'm going to have that in my head all night, Steve. I want to do a, a Cop let's, Rock podcast. Okay, let's do this. Let's find. Let's find the series somehow. And let's seriously do an eleven-episode podcast on Cop Rock. Theme music by Randy Newman. Yes, that, that, I think the whole thing was by Randy Newman. That was a very Randy Newman-esque song. There. I'm so excited right now. You got a friend in me. He's guilty. TV Guide ranked at number eight on TV Guide's list of the worst fifty worst TV shows of all time. And I want to thank you, jury. Wow. Oh my, uh, Jeff! Thank you, thank you. Yes, Jeff! Thank um, you so much for what you've shown us tonight. You just gave me yeah. <laughs> like a whole new like outlook on life. Yeah. <laughs> I, Going back to things from the '90s that'll be revisited soon. Um, after that amazing, amazing of he's guilty. Oh my gosh! Thank like I want to thank you, Jerry. <laughs> the ropes come from. <laughs> That Quentin is movie magic. That- <laughs> I'm standing up and I'm giving you a standing ovation, sir. Well played. If well played, hand, Derek Russell. Mike in my hand right now, I would drop it. And walk <laughs> <up the stage. laughs> Quentin, that is movie magic. <laughs> Sean Phillips, out. <laughs> yes. Oh, my Lanta. I walk out of stage, a, a choir comes out of nowhere singing, he's right, he's right. We'll see you next time on Geek Out Loud, everybody. There's no, there is no sense in continuing. We have topped out. <laughs> All right, everyone, oh this, is, this is what we call now the downhill slope from this point forward. You can turn it off now. <laughs> you, can, you can just turn it off and email us or whatever. Um, Jeff and goes on. Movie <laughs> Jeff goes on with his list. From the 90s, he says, The Flash, what superhero won't make it to the big screen in the next 10 years? Um, the Flash has already been on the big screen. He just portrayed the Green Lantern. He did. Um, wrongly. Wrongly. Uh, Full House. Whatever ha- well, He says, whatever did happen to predictability. predictability. <laughs> uh, step by step. This time, I like Jeff. Can we have him on the show? Jeff's a cool guy. Who is Jeff? Jeff Lane uh, from Jeff Lane Audio. Um, oh yeah! This time, I'm du- a big fan of his. <clears throat> yeah, this time done as a parody movie like the Brady Bunch. Wait, a ripoff show ripping off the ripoff movie concept? You just blew my he mind. just took oh, me. Oh bloody hell! I'm going cross eyed. <laughs> he just took me to the third level. <clears throat> we just got incepted. <laughs> I never sleep on planes. I don't want to get incepted. <laughs> An email, uh, dinosaurs. Okay, now I'm just being ridiculous. I could see them trying to bring something like that back in some way. I love that show. Uh, Northern Exposure, Alaska is hot right now. That's true. What with mm-hmm. all the with all the deadliest catch and survival, Alaska. Well, and you can see Russia. 
Yes, that's true. <laughs> uh, Blossom. The Nick and Disney tweens will eat this up. Uh, Sequest DSV. Oh, come on. There's a reference. Yes, you know you always... This always had potentially says. That is a, that's a great grab right there. How long did CSDSV last? Sequest DSV. About as long as... Uh, Cop Rock? Cop Rock. <laughs> no, I think, I think Sequest actually lasted a couple of seasons. That had uh, Roy Schneider. Is that his name? It did. From Jaws? Sequest. That's right. If there were, we are both wicking it, aren't we? Yeah, it's yeah, an, that's right. Up there with Earth Two. <laughs> oh man, three seasons, fifty nine episodes. Wow. And he had that talking dolphin, didn't they? On the show. Uh, yes, they did. First season cast season. Michael Ironside. Was I remember Ironside? Jonathan Brandis? He killed himself, didn't he? Who? Jonathan Brandis. You remember the, the movie he did with uh, Chuck Norris, Sidekicks? I guess I don't know who that, that is. Oh, look at the picture. Are you are you on Wikipedia? Mm-hmm. All right, look to the right of Roy Schneider. That kid. Sean from Boy Meets World? No. That's what he looks like, huh? Yeah, he's, he's dead. He died in 2003. Wow, that's sad. Huh. Yeah, well, he hanged himself. Wow. You just got really dark. He was in an episode of Good Morning, Miss Bliss, though. So, mm. ah, I, I, he was the um, Sebastian in Neverending Story Two. Not really Sebastian, but the Sebastian character placement. Yeah, Sequest DSV, Talking Dolphin. There you go. I mean, it's Star Trek underwater, basically. Uh, sliders. Did you ever see Sliders? And, see and Sliders. I'm not talking about. Uh, Crystal Burgers. I'm talking about that. That was actually a cool concept for a show. It did, and um, I think it got to be like season three when they started breaking rules that they had established yeah, for themselves, yeah. and it kind of went downhill from there. Didn't wasn't John Reese Davies in that? Yeah, and Jerry O'Connell. Jerry O'Connell, Cotton Cotton Wearing, Cotton Mather. No, you're He's, thinking of. Uh, didn't he, didn't he play that guy Cotton on screen no, on the Scream Steve, movies? That was um the Scream movies, not Cotton from the oh from oh, Dodgeball. Oh, oh, oh yes, yes. I'm sorry, okay. I thought you were talking about. No, Jason I wasn't talking Bateman, about Jason Bateman. Like, Steve, no, Steve, come on. Uh, King of the Hill, live action, starring Steve Glosson as Bobby. <laughs> he's, he's wearing a blindfold. Yeah, he won't be able to see. <laughs> <laughs> Dawson's Dawson's Creek, starring Derek Russell as the Creek. Right. Hey, y'all, just floating on through. Please, <laughs> Derek, okay, please read that line as the creek from Dawson's Creek. Hey, y'all, just floating on through. Keep making out or crying or both. <laughs> uh, early edition, updated. The main character gets tomorrow's tweets today. Oh, early edition. That's that thing about the that dude that the got like the, got the, the, the newspaper the day early. From, uh the guy, the coach from uh, from Friday Night Lights. Yes, yes. I, yeah. do, I do remember that. I've, I wasn't going to segue into, holy crap, I keep watching Friday Night Lights. But, <laughs> um, but you do. The but snippet. Back to snippets. Saved Snip. by the Bell, the newer new class. Mr. Belding is nearing retirement, but still roaming the halls. I don't think we'll ever see. I know he's being silly, but I don't think we'll ever see another Saved by the Bell. Anything. Uh, Masked Rider. Threw this yeah. one in just to see if you guys remembered it. 
Google. Uh, oh, look, they've updated their privacy. <laughs> the, <laughs> the Masked Rider. Ooh, do not remember this. Oh, it looks like... What? One season, 40 episodes. Wait, I'm totally at the wrong thing. American. I'm at the Texas Tech University. Masked Rider is an American adaptation of the Japanese television series. It it came on Fox in '95, uh-huh. so it was it was like in there with the Power Rangers mm-hmm. and all that crap. I have never heard. Why? Of oh my Lanta! There's a character named Furbus. I know. Look at that little thing. This it was a like kids a show. Yeah, this was a kids show. Yeah, the Fox Kids program. Yeah. Oh wow! Masked Rider. I don't remember this at all. The main title character, Masked Rider, was on a three-part Power Rangers episode of Friend in Need. Um, Jeff, you're two for two on us today. Man, Jeff has just broke my brain. Uh, and then he says, and finally yet another, uh, Batman reboot. And I'm sure we'll get another Batman reboot at some point after Ooh, the Dark Knight Jeff. Rises. You come on the show sometime, Jeff. We'll talk. Um, <laughs> Man, go, go, go buy Jeff's audios books. Because for time's sake, well, let's. This one comes from Emily, and Emily, I'm going to edit yours down for time. Thank you so much for emailing us to Derek and Steve, podcasting partners for life. Follow your following your latest Geek Out Loud podcast request. Here's hoping your inbox gets filled up with lots of new messages. Um, this email has to do with shows coming from across the pond. Uh, Doctor Who. She says, I know you guys are ahead of me in the series, but I'm curious if you've recently gone back to watch an episode from season four called The Fires of Pompeii. There's a cameo by an actress who takes on a much larger role later in the series. Hint, Karen Gillan. Hint, the Red Cloak Soothsayer. Is that true? Never heard that before. <laughs> Do you remember that episode, or did you ever watch that episode? That's, I think that's the first one with Donna, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, well, the first it's one the... where she's like a companion. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm going to, I'm, I'm in that mess. I didn't know that. To double check. I'm not saying uh, she's yeah, wrong. Yeah, there she is. Well, wow, you're a lot faster on your internet than I am. By George. Well, look at there. All right. Huh. Did not know that. Didn't didn't catch that the last time I watched it either. So How about that. Uh, speaking, we are falling down the job tonight. <laughs> and Lucius uh, Petrus Dextrus resembles a poor old cabbie with an aneurysm. Speaking of which, I don't know where that's from, unless it's yeah, from. you do. One hundred and one of Sherlock. Okay. Uh, Sherlock, can I thank you guys for bringing this show up? Yes, you can. We're waiting. Thank you. Okay. Because after watching a study in pink, I think, uh, I like Martin Freeman and Benedict Cumberbatch as much as, as my favorite Watson and Holmes. In fact, I'd already watched the latest Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes prior to viewing the series, and now I would gladly take more of the BBC version instead. Can you guys talk a bit more about this show and what you liked or didn't like about it? I'll tell you what I didn't like. Nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I Everything I've seen, I've enjoyed. So, You're, I, I um, really, really have. I halfway haven't watched... through 201? Yes, halfway through 201. Um, so, uh, my favorite part of the first episode was seeing how easily these two seem to become friends, each finding a bit of balance from the other. And it seems a very plausible introduction as to how... These two would even have run in the same circles then managed to employ Miss Hudson as much more than their landlady. Uh, if you can share more up through the end of season one, please do so. I'm still waiting for season two to be available legally over here before spoiling much more. What a cliffhanger. Emily, if you um, have a Blu-ray, I suggest doing what I did. 
um, I went ahead to Amazon UK and bought the Blu-ray of of season two. Will that play on a Blu-ray? It's region player? free. Blu-ray okay. is region free. Oh wow! Well, there so you go. I, I've already got shipping, season two on Blu-ray. Shipping's a a a pain on that though, isn't it? Three ninety five. Seriously? I didn't get to use my Amazon Prime towards right. it, but that's yeah, wow. that's all it was. All right. I I got season one and two on in a two set Blu-ray for less than forty dollars. Mm-hmm. For all six wow. episodes, plus the unaired pilot. Oh, cool. I'll um, have to do that. But, um, I don't know. I, I, I don't I don't think you enjoyed the show as much as I did. I did. did I did. Okay, okay. I, I really, know. I really, really, really did. It's just that I, I haven't watched the other because I don't like watching stuff on my computer. Yeah. And so, and I haven't put it on a thing to pop in my Xbox to, uh, to watch from that. So Does your Samsung not have USB ports in the back? It's not a Samsung. I'm sorry, I thought it was. Mm-mm. What is it? It's a Aquas Sharp. Does your Aquas not have Sharp not have a USB ports I in the back? I don't think that model does. Pop in a flash drive? Uh maybe it does. Anyway, know. regardless. Anyhow. Um, I just really feel like they got something right on this. Well, um, it, it's it's a you know what it reminds me of, and it, and it reminds me of this because this character is based on Sherlock Holmes. It reminds me of House. Um, well, and then yeah, I mean, that's you know you've house, got you, house right is, House is very is based on Sherlock Holmes, the character of Sherlock Holmes, and so it's this likable jerk who is more concerned about the puzzle than he is about anything else. Functioning sociopath. Mm-hmm. And um, and he's got one guy in the world that understands him, and is willing to put up with his crap. You know, and the adventures are so much fun. You know, I I just I I dig it. It's a great show. It's so well done. Now so I, well I stand done. by my love one hundred and one. Really was disappointed with one hundred and two. One hundred and three was phenomenal. Yeah. Two hundred and one is just stellar. Two hundred and two is the Hound of Baskerville, which I is it really? It's the most famous. Yes. Of all the home stories. Yeah. I didn't really feel like they did it justice. Oh wow. I was kind of disappointed, mm-hmm. but my Lord 203 is just <laughs> back to form, huh? So, um, no. the, the next thing she mentions is Merlin. Uh, no. sci is now up to episode three of season four, of this Arthurian based series and things just keep getting more and more intense. I've not watched it. I know that it was very much like Smallville done with Arthur. Um, and um and and I never finished I never really got into it but I've I've heard great things. So it it's on my radar. Have you watched any of it? No, I it doesn't interest me. See, it does me. I've always loved the Arthurian legend. I do too, but so, that does not interest yeah. me. Just what I've seen of that show, I I don't care. Yeah. Um, uh, she says in other media, The Hunger Games. Derek mentioned looking in the series on Twitter a short while back. Um, no, sorry, I, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> uh, snippet. Uh, I, I said that looks like the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. Really? Never. Be- I'm sorry, that looks ridiculous. I've heard a lot of stuff about it, and so I, I those just, books looked dumb. And then I saw the movie trailer, and I was like, Why would I even know? Mm. You will never, ever ever catch me watching that crap. So Derek loves the Hunger Games. I would I would I would rather die in agony than watch Romulus perish a thousand times than no, I just that that I I 
give me Harry Potter over and over again. Do not. That looks so stupid. The names of those. This is literature today. This is what we're giving our children in schools? Hmm. I was introduced to the series by several friends last year and finally checked out the first book in the series from the library during the week before Christmas. Two days later, I was in the bookstore buying the remaining two books in the series, disappointed that my library had a 10-week waiting list for the next volume. I still haven't quite put my finger on why these books draw the reader in the story so quickly other than that the use of first-person narrative draws the reader right into the middle of the action. You are reacting as quickly or as slowly as the main character does to the events around her. Time stops or flies by an extremely rapid pace, so much so that after meaning to stop at the end of one chapter, you've progressed another three. Yeah, I liked The Hunger Games better when it was called The Running Man. (laughs) (laughs) Boom! Oh, my. Walked off stage. Oh, my Lanta. You are in fuego tonight, sir. I'm sorry. I Derek Del Fuego. I'm sorry. I just don't. Derek Del Fuego. It looks ridiculous. And, and no offense about it. Did, did you read it, Emily? Is this Emily? Is this who you said wrote this one? From yeah, Emily. Emily yes. Yeah. I don't. Um, in my opinion, this is not a children's book mm-hmm. in content, though aimed at the young adult audiences. That may be my problem with it. It's young adult. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's YA books, and which I, why? I'm, I'm not a young adult. Uh, well, let's see. She says, it should no way be compared to teen romance stories that have no plot save for an excuse to get two main characters together in the series. Cough, Twilight, cough. I'm not giving Twilight any street cred here either. But it is, stupid too. it is a series that is drawing a large and passionate fan base in a short period of time. We'll have a movie released this spring, and you just might have a few listeners who are fans and would want to know your thoughts on the series. If you like that other unmentioned book series at all, I would seriously consider taking away your man card. Even trying to approach it from a hopeless romantic angle, I could not suffer through more than the first chapter without having friends nearby ready to restore my sanity. And turning that series into an example of what is not literature and what is unprofessional writing... Please tell me that Geek Out Loud is a safe place to bash Twilight. Yes. <laughs> totally agree that Pixar's Up told a better love story in eight minutes. Um, Emily. Disney, tell, Disney can tell a better love story than most any film. Re- Hollywood hold releases. on real quick, Derek. I got to talk to Emily. <laughs> Emily, how you doing? I was hoping for some music. Um, I understand that you don't like Twilight. How do you feel about Star Wars? Get back to me. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and maybe next time I'll have some music. Um, Just I, the opening crawl. Here, here's the thing. A lot of my kids that I work with have dug the Hunger Games. Um, anyway, I probably would not have been as harsh except for that statement. Derek mentioned looking into the series on Twitter. That did not happen. I think it did. I think you're trying to cover up something here, sir. I may have said I looked up what this was about. Yeah. And oh, holy crap. No, yeah. Thank you. Yes. Um, Derek loves Hunger Games. Hashtag. Well, you hated the Dark Knight. Has, well, hashtag well, that too. Um, hashtag Steve hates the Dark Knight. Hashtag Derek loves Hunger Games. Um, <laughs> so, I'm going to drop the mic on your head. So, uh, I, I, I have a lot of my kids that I work with that, look, that, you know, that are digging it and looking forward to the movie. And so just to kind of know what was going on, I checked it out. What I did is is I acquired an audio copy of the book and hated it. I um, like your man card, please. Hated it! Drama! Uh, drama! D-R-A-M-A, drama! I just, I, it, where she talks about being drawn in by the first person, I was totally put off by the first person narrative. Because the speaker... Well, does that transcend well in an audio book? Mm, I guess not. Maybe that's the problem. <laughs> I mean, I listened to maybe... 
I mean, two the, chapters the, worth. The narrator dropped the mic and walked. Right, off. right. I, 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 I listened to maybe two chapters worth. And the thing is, and it's like, and I imagine now could, and and I asked myself, is this because it's an audiobook? If I were reading it though, like there's a line where the where the speaker talks about eating a berry, and the speaker describes the tender skin of the berry, you know, breaking in her mouth and the juices bursting forth and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, this is a post-apocalyptic society where these things are hard to come by. You just like berries, and that's what you need to say. You know, not don't try to get all fanciful and descriptive and everything. And it just seemed that took me out of it. I'm like, no one's going to talk like this in a post-apocalyptic society about, you know, with what's about to go down, you know, with the running man about to take place. Um, The running man is coming. Oh, my God. That one with Richard Dawson. Let me tell you something. I love The Running Man. Thank you, Steve. That is a great freaking movie. And if they want to remake that, go right ahead. It'll, you know, you can't screw that one up. I would gladly take Hunger Games off the shelf and put Running Man up in its place. <laughs> yes. So, I'm sorry, Emily. I'm glad you enjoyed it, and I hope did that you, the movie Did you make it through? The, did you listen to the whole thing? No, no, no. I made it to, like, the second chapter. <laughs> so. Thank you. Um. And 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 so and I and I know why my kids like it. I mean, and it's not. And I'll say this: from what I've read of Twilight, it's a better written story. And, I'm sure it is, but that doesn't you know, mean it's good. A lot more depth to it. I mean, I just think it's a young adult thing. I think that you know, and it and it's playing up on some of the things. I'll probably go see the movie because the concept is one that I find intriguing and enjoy. The the idea of you know putting these people out here and making them survive. Um, yeah. You know, Running Man. You know, so I would rather watch The Running Man. Um, and bringing it back to a lighter note, something that we can definitely agree with Emily on: Sesame Street and Super Grover 2.0. Sometime last fall, I came across the short videos promoting the new seasons of Sesame Street, and of course, my favorite clips included the lovable blue monster Grover. Therefore, I was inspired to DVR the show to watch after I turned home from work in order to catch the full Spider Monster and Mr. Johnson sketch, as well as the cart before the horse, where Grover made my day by uttering, May the Force be with you. A nice wink to Grover's original performer, Frank Oz. And, of course, there was the teaser parody video featuring Cookie Monster and Elmo. Uh, We saw that one. Remember the flux capacitor mention? Oh, they were doing the office? Yeah! (laughs) Um, (laughs) Who doing that? (laughs) I have, not, on? <laughs> I have not been able to find a full video online of the other sketches without downloading the entire episode, so I hope you get a chance to catch these. You're never too old to watch Sesame Street. Um, I've not seen those. Now I kind of want to. Especially with Grover saying right may, may the Force be. Right, not right now. Not now. So uh, thanks, Emily, for that. Appreciate Appreciate your email. Sorry we got a little rude there at the end and understand that uh, we do love the fact that you bash Twilight. Um but don't ever say that. And finally, sense. the redemption email, Derek. I've been waiting on this one. From Tim. Ah, Tim. Hey, Stephen, Derek. Come back to us. Hey, Stephen, Derek. I've been thinking a lot about the Muppets since I last emailed in. And I've been wondering, how can Stephen, Derek, the biggest Muppet fans I know, like the new movie when I don't? Then it hit me. I'm a child of the 90s. I grew up with Muppets Tonight and Muppets from Space. So my Muppets were Pepe, Rizzo, and Clifford, who wasn't in the new movie. Of course, I like Kermit, Fozzie, and the gang, but in my mind, I never separated the errors of the Muppets. Rewatching my Muppet Show DVDs, I see what they were going for, and it makes me appreciate the movie even more. 
Back then, Rizzo was just another one of the rats. He didn't get his own personality until the Christopher Reeve episode. Pepe, Clifford, and Bobo weren't even around back then, so of course they wouldn't be as heavily featured in a Muppet Show homage movie. So yeah, I was too harsh, and I apologize. Instead of cons, though, I thought I would share my pros, things that I really did like in the movie. Time for snippets! Snippet! Tex Richmond. He was a fun bad guy. He's Tex Richmond. Say it again. He's Tex Richmond. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the current Miss Piggy love story was handled beautifully. I like how they brought back classic characters like Uncle Deadly and Fog. Uh, Rolf is one of my favorites. It was great to see him come back in the spotlight. The music, there was not one song I did not like. Thank you. Also, I was wondering how you guys would rank the Muppet movies. Uh, for me, this is just my personal favorites, not necessarily my best. Muppet movie, uh, Muppets from Space, Muppets Take Manhattan, Muppet Christmas Carol, The Great Muppet Caper, The Muppets, and Muppet Treasure Island. You go first, Steve. Um, I've not given this any thought. Oh, and number eight, Muppets Wizard of Oz. Can we leave that one off? Because it wasn't yes. theatrical. Right. Honorable mentions go to non-movies like Muppets Family Christmas and Sesame Street's Follow That Bird. And that's from Tim. Um, I, 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 go with those seven. Yeah, I am. Um, yeah. Muppet Treasure Island is definitely number seven for me. No, I'm sorry. Muppet Christmas Carol is definitely number seven for me. Number six will be Muppet's Treasure Island. And then in a tie, in a four-way tie, or, yeah, a five-way tie for first place, Muppet's movie. <laughs> it's his face. Cheater. Uh, no, uh, then... Okay, Muppets, Muppet Christmas Carol, number seven. Number six, Muppet Treasure Island. I, I hate to do this, but I guess put it at five, Muppets from Space. Then at four, I put the Muppets. Then at three, at Muppets Take Manhattan. And... And maybe Great Muppet Caper and then number one Muppet movie? Or maybe switch those last two? Or maybe scramble up all those last three? That that does get a little rough. I mean, those original three I, I absolutely love. Muppet movie, Muppets Take Manhattan, and Great Muppet Caper as, exactly. like the, as one. They're, they're like, you need to set them the over to the side. Yes, they're like the holy trilogy of Muppet movies. Yeah. Um there's so here's I love what them I'll all do. so I'll much. go ahead and say those three are one film. Okay. You and I was cheating by going five way tie. Yeah. <laughs> so so the Muppet Take Manhattan Great Caper movie. Yes. <laughs> the Great Muppets Take Manhattan movie. Caper. Caper. Okay. <laughs> uh is is number one with a bullet. <laughs> <laughs> Followed by the Muppets. Um, Muppets Christmas Carol, Muppets from Space, and Muppet Treasure Island. Okay. That was hard, yes. Tim. That was difficult. I didn't think that was going to be that hard. And then I started looking I hate at you. It. Oh, jeez. I, you know, my, I, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, I was watching the movie mm-hmm. one night last week. And, um, I was really thinking about that email. I know it's been a few weeks since we recorded that episode, but we, we kind of got on Tim. Uh, we did. The, you kind of got on Tim. I, I was did. like, calm down, Tim. Derek. Calm down. 
you, you, you had your moments. You yeah, but you, you kept coming back to it. Well. And um, I mean, in our phone conversations, even. Call up Tim. You know? Find him for <laughs> I'll make him watch all the Muppet movies. Um, I'm glad he, he says he's from a different era. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I was kind of, I was, I've, I've been looking at the, the deleted scenes and the stuff that's going to be on the Blu-ray, and I was thinking about how they originally said the movie was going to end. But I was thinking about all his, his complaints with the movie, and I was, I was watching that night. I was like, you know, I really don't like how, how the movie ended. Mm-hmm. I, I did not like Fozzie hitting the board, and they didn't raise all that money. Right, right, right. Siegel said the original ending was they get to the nine, however many nines. What do they need? Ten million? Yeah, so nine million, nine thousand, nine hundred ninety-nine. They get to and it stops. You know he's in in Tex Richmond's on stage and they didn't get it. And Statler and Waldorf throw down a dollar. Hmm. I kind of like that better. Yeah, yeah. Because then, I I remember sitting in the theater right before Thanksgiving and and Fozzie's like, "Well, good. I'm 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 glad because now we weren't even close." Right. <laughs> which was like, a funny line, by the way. And it was a funny line, but I was sitting there going, "What is happening?" <laughs> 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 kids aren't following this are they right um i felt a little cheated because yeah. i mean you saw all these people they showed mm-hmm. all these people who 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 were turning in and and who had shown up in the theater and you know and the king of the homeless people was showing them their seats for five dollars each and, and all this stuff and and um i really just uh i, I kind of I kind of felt bummed out by that. Don't delete that. I saw you delete that. Don't delete that. Well, we need um, to. We need to. That's fine. We'll just do a three-hour episode. Don't. There you go. Bring it back. Um, so, Tim, I, 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 I accept your apology. <laughs> As do I, Tim. I'm sure it was really an apology, but I'm going to pretend it was one. Uh, I'm going to put that in a win column for Steric. And we're going to keep our right on going. We're going to keep moving forward. That's a, that's a win. That's Derek one. Listeners, why are you still with us? Um, <laughs> okay, so Derek said don't delete that. Here we go. No, no, um, it's fine. It's fine. If you think we've run too long, we can, we can do the last. I mean, we're, we can we're, save that for the next episode. We're past the two-hour mark at this point. I understand. We got to learn, learn to make snippets actual snippets. Give them, give them a little bit of... Uh, okay, I'm sorry. That's my fault. No, that's no, fault. no. That's my I'm fault as well. And, I'm gonna, we're going to put that in a lose column for Derek. I said, no, I said that. That's why I said we. Well, I I mean, I understand it's Derek. And I love the wrap up and bye-bye. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, we should just send messages to each other this the whole show. <laughs> we we should have been doing that, yeah. I'm mad. Uh, <laughs> um, no, Who I, does Tim think he is. I, I mean, um, I, I, it bears it bears mentioning in in light of all the superhero talk, and we and we did go off on the whole Superman Death and Return Superman thing earlier. Um, in light I of want the, to devote it to the time it deserves. I agree. So if you want to touch on it and say next time, yeah, next time we're going to. You tease, might hear Steve say, "Let me let me show you what's on the out. Let me just read to everyone what's on the outline here. Meat of the episode." <laughs> Colin. <laughs> Superman Returns, basically. Uh, uh, Derek and I, I don't know that we've ever talked Superman Returns on a podcast in depth. 
We haven't. I know we've mentioned it some on Shoe, and, and I actually went and looked to see if I'd spoken about it at all on this show, and I have back on episode nine. Um, I don't remember what I said. Oh, I need to there. go back and listen to that. Um, oh my gosh, it was horrible. I tried to listen to a few minutes, and it was just rough. But that's when that was early on in our time together, right after we'd started Skynex, and I got that awesome review from uh, Sci-Fi Now. Mm. So yeah, so I found that the other day. That's my bit. I started that's, to tweet it. That's where I do my bit on uh, on Sci-Fi Now, um, where I read the review different ways. So uh, next episode, we're going to talk Superman Returns. Some stuff that Derek was watching uh, the pop up video version on AMC the other day, and uh, and it started it sparked a discussion between us where I was just messing with Derek on Twitter, um, but um, but it, it, I don't know. I think some of the things they brought up really begged the question of. To me, how well that movie communicated some of the stuff it was trying to communicate, I guess. I would love to go. So I hope they show that again between now and the next time we record, so I can actually see some more of the stuff. That yeah. I came in late, right? But they're, they they essentially it's what Steve said. They have been doing these like linear versions of films. Um, they did it for Batman Begins, and I watched all of that. And it was really cool for Batman Begins. Mm-hmm. Superman Returns was like, I don't know if they got high before or it was like let's. Let's let's write this and see what they say. <laughs> and and, and they, so they just started typing crap. And it was like, you're not even reading this, are you? And um, and then like it got ballsy to me because like they ended it, the film, and he's flying away. You know, at the end, we'll talk about this next week. But I just want to give you like he's flying away, and it's like Superman will return in in 2013's Man of Steel. I was like, wow, they just used Superman Returns to promote Man of Steel. That is That's- kind of ballsy. Yeah, I was like, that's um, okay. But there were a few things said in that pop-up video that got me kind of, I was like, where? Do you, what film were you watching? You got, you got worked up. You wanted to know where they got their information I from. I did. Yes. I did. So uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. On, on I'm going to try and get a hold of, I think I've got a script laying around here somewhere of it. Uh, and I'm going to see if any of that's actually in the the notes outside of dialogue where um it references any of that stuff but uh there's one specific thing we'll talk about that on the next week out loud yeah so uh but for now uh we we sent the call out to you the greatest listening audience in the universe the greatest podcast listening audience in the universe and and you responded and so we've got a we quick favorite episodes of Cop Rock. We've yes, we've got a quick uh, quick version of, of something we like to call uh, uh, round round three. Yeah, yeah. What? What? Huh? Huh? Do it forthwith. Yes, that means now. Uh, welcome to round three. I missed this. The segment of the show where we take three topics given by you, the uh, listening audience, and we discuss them. Uh, we've got what well, we got basically are two topics, and then a steric standoff, split decision, showdown, smackdown, okay. snippet, snippet. Um, <laughs> I don't think you know what that word means. You better snip it. Um, <laughs> snip. I do not it. think you understand what that means. 
uh, snippet. So we're going to just take these down. One, two, three. Inconceivable. Well, I don't think you know what that. I don't think that word means what you think it means. What you've been thinking means. Um, Derek, uh, best incompetent henchman, and this comes from at uh, JDW online on the Twitter. And um, he, what he did was he at Geek Out Loud, huh? You didn't spin, but well, no, no. I'm just we're going to go one, two, three. Well, that's boring. That's that's how I do it. Even if we'd spin, I would just say it was a different number than it is. I wanted to vomit. I don't. I don't have time for that. No time. No time. Um, Have you seen the new Priceline commercial? No time. Have you seen the new Priceline commercial? Yeah. No time. Right. (laughs) Priceline. No time for that. Um, (laughs) Is that their way of like saying Bill Shatner's done doing Priceline commercials? (laughs) I just sitting there like, is this their way of saying he's done? What was I watching Shatner on the other night? Was it? Oh, oh, it was Betty White's birthday, ninetieth birthday party on NBC. Oh my, Atlanta! And it was talking. He got, he was he was introducing the clip, but he was talking about how just fed up he was with Betty White because all she did was sell out. And for all that he made it into a huge Priceline commercial. Nice. It was pretty funny. Nice. Um, <clears throat> this comes from at JWD, uh, JDW online on the Twitter. You can get us round three topics by tweeting us at Geek Out Loud hashtag round three. And he says, best incompetent henchman. And he gives the example of Starscream, Roscoe P. Coltrane, or like Otis on Superman. Um, you know, several. There, we've had these all throughout history. As long as there's been a villain, he's had an incompetent henchman. Derek? Um. Buford T. Justice's son, Jr. On uh, Smoking the Bandit 2? Yes. Well, or 1. <laughs> oh, is he on 1? Yeah, 1 and 2. Still never really seen either of those movies. <gasps> yes, I know. Go ahead. <gasps> Derek, don't ruin the night. We, we, we were introduced to Cop Rock. <laughs> what do you mean you've never seen? <clears throat> I've never watched them all the way through. Does this shock you? Look, I've told you this before. No, We've look, had this discussion. I, I want to be a hundred percent serious with you right now. I have tears in my eyes, Steve, and I'm not even joking with you. This makes me so sad. I'm sorry. I've watched Cannonball Run and Cannonball Run Two. That's not the same. You don't. Okay, but I love Cannonball Run and Cannonball Run Two. Well, then you would love back Smokey and the. Bandit I'm sure I would. Why do they have cameos by everyone from the seventies? But it's. Smokey and the Bandit. It's one of the best movies ever made. That's what I hear. That's what I hear. Ever. I, that's what I hear, Derek. I'll check it out. I'll check it out. But so I, mean, I have to go with another option because you can't give it. I know. Uh, I mean, you don't have to go with another option. I'll go with Roscoe. He's pretty incompetent. Get, 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 get. Yeah, Roscoe is pretty incompetent. Um, Barney Five. <clears throat> Barney Five. But I don't know that he wasn't a henchman. a henchman. Yeah, he yeah. wasn't necessarily a henchman. Um, I don't know. You you go through through uh, Bib Fortuna. That's Chop of the Huts. I got it. Major Domo. Um, you will take me to see Jabba now. I'll take you to see Jabba now. <laughs> <laughs> Get out, everybody! <laughs> That's how he says it. Back to him. Oh, I think it is it. <laughs> Jabba to. <laughs> Yeah, but you're hungry, no matter. 
It's like Sunday afternoon and they all ate too much and it's nap time at Thomas Palace. That's what I always equated that to. It's the middle of the day. It, Why are they all sleeping? It's not necessarily the middle of the day. It could be like early, early morning. And here, here comes Uncle Luke over to the house. Stirring up trouble when we're all trying to sleep off our turkey nap. And he's coming and whispering and waking up Papa Java. <laughs> oh. Um... <laughs> we'll take you to see Jabba now. I tickle to see Jabba now. Drama, drama. No, we eat my school. Anyhow, I can't go he was a weak-minded fool, so that's Bib, Bib Fortuna. And a fun name to say. Bib Fortuna. I take her to Taba now. Anyhow. Um, You're all glad you stayed around for the end of the episode, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. We just thought we peaked at Cop Rock. Okay, I have to hear it one more time. Go ahead. <laughs> I take you to Java now. Java to the Vahunkavi, no bada. And A101 going to you, sir. Um, okay, so next topic is cartoon you loved as a kid that you want what, to see. You didn't even name yours. I said Bib Fortuna. <laughs> What? I said before do that. What? I take her to Java now. Um, <laughs> what more? Hey, Wanda Wanga. Uh, oh, we're past that point where everything's funny. This I don't know. Um, cartoon you loved as a kid that you want to see as a movie. He Man. Oh, man, I would love to see a well-made He Man movie. I agree with you. Oh, I mean, man. live action, full on attorney, and none of this coming to earth to play with Monica before she was on Friends bullcrap. I want a magical flute. Right, right. Oh, none of this Wildor mess. Give me, give me He Man. Give me, give me Orko. Know. Give me the Sorceress. Give me Skeletar. Give me um, Gringer. Mm. Hi there. And then, hi. <laughs> my name's Adam. <laughs> Prince of Eternia. This here's my kitty, Mr. Gringer Pants. <laughs> well, um,. Yeah, I, I'm in agreement with seeing a good He-Man movie would be awesome. I'd be down for some Mask, though. You know, we mentioned it last episode, and I think I think Mask would actually be really doable as a cool movie. Um, if they can do G.I. Joe and they can do Transformers, they can do Mask. You could have the whole, like... I mean, maybe we shouldn't say this on, on the air because we might want to write this, but, you know, you could have the whole thing of, like, the 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 head of mask and the head of venom like having worked together on the mask technology, you know, and the one guy going bad, going rogue, and it's been years since I've watched. That. Yeah, well, the I'd back. Like to see, I'd like to see a gummy bears film. Mm, they see I, my fear. I'm well, just I don't know that Disney would let them screw that up, but my thing with some of those cartoons is like. I'm sorry. If you wanted to make a live action Smurfs movie with the digital, I don't know. Well, nobody said live action. Just that you would like oh, to see. As a movie. Oh, sure, sure, okay. Now they already did Ducktales. Yes. Yeah. We never got a Darkwing Duck film. Never did. Never did. 
I am the surprise in your cereal box. Um, yeah, I was thinking mask. I would take you to the job now. I, I'd take you to the job now. <laughs> I was thinking mask. I was thinking He-Man. Um, He-Man's definitely mine. You know, I think a Voltron movie could be cool. Uh, maybe because it's super bad. <laughs> um, you know, uh, so definitely, definitely. I, I think just found a bag of fireworks. Would you like to shoot them off with me? Um, I forget who that came from. That didn't come on Twitter. I think that came in an email. Uh, and I and I'm sorry I didn't mark down who that who sent that in. Um, in a fight, this one comes from at Storm at, at I'm sorry at Stoned Gorgon on the Twitter. And Morgan says, in a fight, the mask versus Roger Rabbit. The mask, like Jim Carrey's the mask. Yeah, 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 like that character, the mask. Smoking. Roger Rabbit. See, I I think in a surprise move, it'd be Roger Rabbit. It would be Roger Rabbit. I, you know, I, of course, the mask got a little bit of an edge to him. My favorite part of the mask, I love that movie, by the way. My favorite part of that mask, though, is like when he swallows the bomb and then he belches out the fire and he says, That's a spicy meatballs. <laughs> I just always love that for some reason. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Do you remember the cartoon? That's a spicy meatball. I take it to Java now. I do remember the cartoon. Somebody reminded me that I had forgotten this, but I was talking to a friend about the Ace Ventura films. Mm -hmm. And in the first one, when they aired on TV, Mm -hmm. they edit out a lot Mm -hmm. for television, but there's two scenes added in Mm -hmm. that only air, that only are in the film on television broadcast. There's no copy on DVD where these two scenes exist. What are the scenes? Um, it, I forget what one of them is. The other one is when he's, when he goes to Ray Finkel's hometown, he goes to the, he goes to this local bar, this pool hall asking about Ray. Um, and I forget what the other scene is, Hmm. but they are not available on any DVD. I know on the VHS copy, there's like an extended scene when he's in the dolphin tank. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not the other one. I forget what the other one. And there's, it's not extended. It's just not there. Mm Mm-hmm. Hmm. <clears throat> they, they did um, that with that's crazy man they ought to they ought to do a like a mega blu-ray release of the ace ventura movies um but we were talking about the cartoons there was the ace ventura mm-hmm. cartoon there was a dumb and dumber cartoon and yeah. there was a mask cartoon no, all on rem- about the same i don't remember time. the dumb and dumber cartoon it didn't last very long it was pretty terrible but jim carrey voiced all three characters are you sure I'm, I don't know about Dumb and Dumber, but I know he did The Mask and Ace Ventura. 100%. See, I didn't think he did those voices. He did. But my buddy was telling me, <clears throat> and I had forgotten this, there was a two or three part episode of Ace Ventura where The Mask was on Ace Ventura. Now, see, I have... IMDb pulled up and it has Rob Paulson as the voice of the mask on the end of like series. seasons. Not every season. He though, says right? 54 episodes. Well, maybe he only did Ace Ventura then. So maybe I'm wrong, but I know he did Ace Ventura animated series. See, I thought the same guy did the, Ace Ventura 
animated. Maybe I'm just making all this up. Maybe you are. Okay, maybe I am. Regardless. I still love you. Okay, it looks like I am wrong on that. Who knew? Okay. I did. Well, I, I li that's what I get for listening to Friends. Mm -hmm. But um, <clears throat> regardless, there, I actually did look it up, and there is a... There's a crossover? Um, there's a crossover with the mask. That's Actually, cool. I, I got it backwards. It's it's Ace Ghost to the Mask. I want to see that. Can I tell you that I loved Ace Ventura, Pet Detective? I, it, it's a great movie. And I loved Ace Ventura when Nature Calls. It still holds up. Oh, it, oh my gosh. Like a good love. I I watched um one was on what sparked this conversation is the Saturday before the Super Bowl the other day. Um one was on and the scene came up and I was explaining to some people how they're only um Wow, Seth MacFarlane was a writer on both shows. Hmm. Um <clears throat> I can't find the H Venture animated. These scenes did not appear in um DVD releases of the film. I I just I those movies make me laugh. I, I think I wish I wish Jim Carrey would do one more. To be honest with you, it would make me. Well, so they happy. killed him off. What? They made a third one. Was it about the boy, the little boy? Yeah, and they killed him off. What? I never watched it, but I've I've read some something where it said that they they kill him off. And Why then, would you do that? I don't know. That makes no sense to me. Don't care, but don't know. I care. And it breaks my heart. <laughs> I would so, take you to the Jabba now. I'd take you to Jabba now. Okay. Yeah. Show, Steve. <laughs> Hold on. So we're saying that we're saying uh, Roger Rabbit would beat The Mask. The Mask. My Lanta. Michael Dangerfield played Ace Ventura, the voice of Ace Ventura in the Animated series. Wow. That's so cool. All right. Um, wake, wrap up. Bye-bye. Wrap up. Bye-bye. Wrap up. Bye-bye. No, thanks, everyone, for joining us. It's, I know it's been long, but since we're kind of doing this thing monthly, I figure let's give it to you as much as you can take. Um, mm. Next time, I'm sure there'll be more bonding. We'll know there'll be some Superman Returns talk. Your emails, all kinds of fun stuff. Thanks for joining us, Derek. And snippets. And tons of snippets. Derek, as always, it's such a pleasure to podcast with you. It, it's a pleasure to know you. I hear you. You can email us, geekoutonline at gmail.com. Thanks to everyone who emailed in to, to help kind of thicken the, the mailbag. I like being behind in emails because it makes me feel loved. Um, our Twitter is uh, twitter.com forward slash geekoutloud. We even have a Facebook page, uh, facebook.com forward slash geekoutloud. So get in touch with us any of those ways. We'd love to hear from you uh, about anything. Um, that's that's going on that you're geeking out about that you love because uh, this is your safe place to geek out unless apparently you like Twilight. Emily, how you doing? Um, so until next time, I'm Steve. I'm Sean. Reporting live. Uh, <laughs> he's really daring. Mayonnaise. Yeah. <laughs> Run away! We'll see you next time on Geek Out Loud. Guys.